What's going on, my friends? Today we have a lot of stories, but the first one I want to talk about is a Virginia brothel busters national security concerns because it involves politicians and military officers among the clients. Lots of stories, and I got a special guest, Bobby Sauce, to join me today. Thanks for being here, folks. We're going to cover like six stories, but that's the first one. Dream Rare Podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show where obviously you're entitled to your own opinion. Unless you disagree with me, then that's obviously hate speech. So we're here with Bobby, who's going to never question me or else it should be illegal. How you doing, Bobby? <laughs> here to question, here to just be hateful and, and hurtful. <laughs> hateful <laughs> and hurtful. That has a nice ring to it. But no. Yeah. anyway, thanks for being here, guys. Uh, we got a lot of stories, so I'm going to jump into the first one and read it. It's a... Uh, everybody's reporting on it, but it's going under the radar. And I, I want to talk about why it's going under the radar too. multiple reasons. But one of them being people don't really care about news articles as much anymore, especially after what they did on Twitter. But let's cover this article that a lot of people are kind of glancing over. So Fox reported that a Virginia brothel busters national security concerns with politicians, military officers among alleged clients. And I'm going to try to read through it as quickly as possible. Experts say a high-end sex ring busted by the Justice Department could now pose a threat to national security as buyers in their network included politicians, executives, military officers, and government contractors with security clearances. Um, they arrested three individuals, I guess 41-year-old Han Lee, 68-year-old James Lee, and 30-year-old Jung Meng Lee. All four nationals are facing federal charges. What's weird is they don't say what foreign country they worked for. They just say foreign nationals. And um, according to this article, it says that, you know, the alleged clients were likely captured on a surveillance video and potentially more. Fox 5 spoke with a former military special operations leader, Nick McKinley, who worked for the CIA. He says those involved should immediately come clean so steps can be swiftly be taken to protect national security. I would assume it will eventually be made public. And when it does, it will cause some probably pretty significant national security implications because the question will be, obviously it was four nationals who were involved in this brothel. So who were they recording? What was happening? What was the documenting happening? Were they using that information for to blackmail these politicians or government contractors? He said, um, I guess that's, that's enough. I, you get the gist. So I'll, <laughs> I'll let you start. What do you think about that story? Well, I think it's not surprising, and I would wager that it's probably a hundred or a thousand times just that story. And, you know, I've heard a number of different ways that DC and the political machine has been described. And I think, uh, you know, I would wager that a majority of the town is run on blackmail. And I think that, you know, when you have this very, when you have this very powerful group of people that are essentially appointed or anointed to their position as opposed to earning it through uh, through merit, um, it kind of breeds that it kind of is a, a breeding ground for those types of characters. And when you when you look at this, just the just the characters that are in politics in general, they're narcissists, they have some type of darker shadowy past, they're often actors portraying the person that they believe that people want them to be. And then it comes out later that they're actually real scumbags. And all of the 
I guess you could say for lack of a better word, good and or honest people are always like, I would never want to be in politics. It's filthy. It's dirty. It's disgusting. So those types of people are naturally pressed out of it. And uh, and all of the demons run amok and they all just scratch each other on the back. So I, I would bet it's I bet this is just the tip of a of a far greater iceberg that goes beyond even America and, and, and literally is around the entire world. Yeah, I feel like with the Epstein thing, you know, it seems like from my vantage point, you know, allegedly, allegedly, it seemed like he was the Michael Jordan of blackmailing. And once they got him and Ghislaine Maxwell and nothing happened, it's like, well, is this a big story? Absolutely. Does it hurt national security? Probably. Like, were they working for another country? Seems like it. I don't know. I just read it. But, you know, we caught the Michael Jordan of blackmailing and nobody seems to care. And, uh, you know, it got sweeped under the rug really quick. It happened during the Trump administration. Uh, nobody in the Republican Party barely talks about it or it's just kind of like a meme now. It's like, what happened to the flight logs? Apparently even, you know, RFK has had to come out and talk about it because he had some sort of interaction with Epstein. So it's like one of those things where Biden's not going to talk about it. Republicans joke about it, but our leaders don't do anything. And if you could catch the allegedly, allegedly, metaphorically Michael Jordan blackmail and no one cares, then what are people going to care about this brothel? Right, exactly. I mean, that it it probably, it, it's almost like the the thing that the conspiracy theorists were right is so such an accurate statement where it's like, I would wager that the majority of the things that we hear actually are true. And people were talking about Epstein for many years before he actually got caught. Um, and the fact that, you know, he's, as far as I know, him and Gislaine are basically the first two people to ever go to prison for, you know, setting up crimes for zero people. So it, they really don't, they really don't even try to hide it anymore because your average everyday American citizen, even the one that cares, can basically do nothing more than like wear an American flag shirt and a MAGA hat, go to a rally, yell and scream, say, isn't it crazy that there's drag queens? And then just do absolutely nothing. <laughs> in local races they don't volunteer they don't go and encourage people to vote for whomever they don't hold the politicians accountable they don't even hold they don't even hold conservative commentators accountable they're just like yeah like get me outraged get me yelling i'll buy right. the shirt you know i'll buy the subscription and let's all laugh about how stupid the left is while they like quite literally eat our lunch in every possible way and then let's say that oh every voting every vote doesn't matter all they do is cheat so let's not vote when like you're like literally Con, like participating in and perpetuating the the most probably uh the most powerful psyop of all time which is that voting doesn't matter at all and they just continue to eat our lunch and we're getting our cheeks clapped every day <laughs> with the epstein thing it's like it happened every pretty much everyone knew what it was like left wing right wing even mainstream media was like ah oh, that's kind of weird that he just like killed himself you know that's kind of crazy like even everyone knew yeah. and nothing happened so at that point like okay after COVID, you know, there started to be an awakening and like some sort of backlash of like, OK, is there going to be accountability for what we just lived through? And then it's like, here's the Ukraine war, guys. You know, here's a war in Ukraine. How about, you know, do that? And then it's like, well, people started on the right becoming a little dissatisfied with Trump's handling of it. And they started liking DeSantis's. And then it's like the Alvin Bragg thing. You know, so I feel like as long as there's a divide and conquer, there's a Biden versus a, a Trump, Trump versus DeSantis, uh, Ukraine versus Russia, Israel versus Palestine, you know, John Fetterman versus his support voters. You know, he's waving an Israeli flag. They're waving a Palestinian flag. I'm not saying none of these topics matter, but it feels like 
you know, when an Epstein story breaks, it's bigger than all of that. It's literally no matter what you think is bigger than all of that. And, and the media and the press and the politicians tell you it's bigger than everything. This happened and nothing's going to happen. So move on. And then most people just do move on because they're like, all right, well, so it, it's kind of and I'm not saying I have a solution for it. I don't know what to do. But yeah, it's like when, when you get Michael Jordan of this topic and then a brothel like this happens, it would be shocking uh, to see any sort of accountability or, or anything from it. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it's even surprising that that even this came out. But, you know, think about it. Think about it from a from a psychological warfare perspective where it's like it's like if you have two things that are really bad, expose the thing that's five percent bad and leave the 95 percent bad thing to fester to make it look like you're doing something it's like it's like drug bust the guy that has a pound of marijuana and let the guy that has five thousand pounds of marijuana drive right over the border so i would wager that this like so many other things is part of the you know never-ending uh cyclical psyop of like look we're actually doing something you don't want to defund us look we caught some people you'll never find out who those people are but we're doing something. And then like a year from now or two years from now, when it comes to trial or whatever, it'll get washed under the rug. Meanwhile, David DePape, the guy that, uh, you know, was having a cocktail with Nancy Pelosi's husband or whatever, that trial we're going to see all week this week. Whereas all the other real things that actually really matter, we'll never hear about those. Mm. I find it weird that that article doesn't say what foreign country they worked for. And if you ever speculate what foreign country Epstein might have worked for, that will be hate speech. So you shouldn't, you know, do that. But yeah, we'll move on to, you know, we don't <laughs> like hate speech here. We're going to move. We're going to move on to the next story, which is uh, it's just like a random thing that I noticed. Well, this is not random, but the second part is it said former current or former Los Angeles sheriff officials die in apparent suicide in two days. So four different officers from los angeles died in a suicide in two days that's a lot especially there's not that many lapd and then i just saw within a day it's like lapd deploys a robot police dog during a standoff with an arms band in hollywood los angeles that's where i used to live so now they're doing robot police dogs so it's like it just feels like a sad sci-fi movie where it's like human police officers are killing themselves and I'm sure people will speculate conspiracy or whatever there and I don't know so I'm not going to stop you but I'm just saying like let's just say they really did kill themselves and it's like they're depressed everybody in the you know city says that they hate them their job sucks the you know the the politicians who run the city don't even like them even though without them the city would be 50 times worse and they're basically being replaced or you know overrun by police dogs it's like what a does what's going on in Los Angeles yeah, I mean, the, it all kind of plays into the same game, which is like the demoralization strategy. How do you ruin America? And, you know, in a, in a in 100 steps, the, the probability of four, however many police officers committing suicide all in a row, it seems extremely highly improbable. We don't know the facts yet. Maybe that is the case. But like, you know, here's the other thing. You know, let's just say that let's just say there's 50,000 reasons why we shouldn't be shipping money overseas. Well, here's a good idea. What if you compensate the police officers that are in America? If we don't have enough money to compensate them, then how do we have enough money to pay for, you know, lesbian dance theory studies in Pakistan or whatever, <laughs> you know, amongst amongst a million other things. So I just think that that's it just plays into the bigger picture where how any person could say we need to send X dollars 
quite literally anywhere but here is preposterous. But when you have the new tip of the spear Republican Party spokesperson, Mike Johnson or whatever, um, you know, and this guy's first order of business is let's ship money to insert whatever country name you want. It doesn't even matter. Israel. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Pick me, yeah. pick me. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get 15 articles written about me. Call me and, and in your band. <laughs> but that's like, it's like, so is anybody on our side? Is there a side? Is it, you know, is like the one percent of the one percent of one percent of people that really care and are willing to look into it and actually say something about it? It's like, is anybody out there, Bueller? Are we, are we all seeing this, or should we all just, should we just die? I don't know. Right. With uh, the four people killing themselves, like that's very implausible. Uh, I understand why people are going to wonder what's going on. At the same time, I would say that, you know, drug use, abuse, suicides, these are hitting record highs. And I think there's many reasons. I think technology to start with something that we can't maybe control technology, the fact that people are kind of displaced from reality and they're just spending so much time looking at stuff online, whether you're looking at cool stuff, it's like depressing because it's like FOMO. You wish you were that person when it's negative stuff. You're like, I'm in the middle of a war and it's 7 a.m. You know, so people are depressed in that way, but also there's no sense of community. So police officers, I'm not saying you have to like dick ride them or anything, but it's clear that Democrat politicians are not huge fans of police officers. And, you know, they kind of make them look like they're bad. And the stuff that they deal with, especially LAPD on the daily, like these loser politicians could never do that. If they did it for a week, they'd have a whole different perspective. As somebody that I don't trust every cop, I think some are dickheads like they, they, they do a lot of good. And uh, it's a really, really hard job. There's some really bad people out there, like it, just because yeah. people don't realize how messed up people are. So yeah. if nobody likes you, if there's no community, if you're not getting paid much, if you're being yelled at for everything, if they're trying to force the vaccine in your arm, if, if you're being treated like shit, you know, everybody kind of feels it, too. Even at major corporations where, say, you have a job where you used to be valued. Now it's like, oh, let's replace you with a robot police dog or how much can we milk out of you in order to make the most money? You know, in um, the post office, letter carriers used to do their thing and, you know, work hard, but they weren't being tracked. Now they're being tracked by computers, Amazon workers there. You know, it's like if you don't try and I get it, it's efficient. But at a certain point, I feel like everybody's starting to feel like a cog in the machine that isn't loved or respected. And it's not even like our, our country's so efficient and amazing where it's like, oh, you know, we're all being treated like shit, but everything's awesome. It's like there's trash on the streets. There's homeless. Crime is rising. We're, we're not even the good type of efficient. So everybody is probably feeling a, a certain way where it's like, what the hell is going on in this country? And I don't feel loved, respected or uh, like I, I feel like my place is being lost in this world. Yeah, I, I think that that's a sentiment shared by so many people. And it's the 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 unfortunate part about it is that, you know, a lot of the a lot of the ills of the world that could be solved by politicians of which, you know, I must admit there's very few because they cause so many. It's like the the ones that are supposed to be supposedly fighting against this can't even figure out how to market and brand on the issues that actually really matter to people. And it's like, you know, I, I keep thinking about abortion and how much it played into this last uh, this election on Tuesday and how it's all what everybody is talking about on the left and how they're getting these legislative wins and rallying people to go and vote. And it's like, I don't want I don't have to agree with abortion to understand that if I can't figure out how to how to how to communicate around this issue, that I'm going to lose everything. And it's like I would wager that America might be a better place if you let them have abortion, which you and I don't have to agree with, 
but then we can get maybe some fiscal responsibility. Maybe don't maybe don't get involved in foreign wars. Maybe clean up the streets. Maybe clean up the economy. If we're going to let this one issue define what the what the what the right is labeled as, we're just going to lose forever. And and uh, to me, the fact that 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 they're even putting these types of measures forward, as opposed to putting fixing all of the other the other multitude of things that apply to literally every single person, uh, to me is such a huge mistake, and and why the right continues to lose over and over again. And the people that are awake to this stuff and are paying attention feel like even they don't have any representation for the supposed resistance of all these bad things. So it's like this constant demoralization. It's no surprise that the world is is uh, is what it is. We could talk about that too, because I I think that. You know, abortion is an important issue, but I do think that Republicans are clearly losing the narrative. And I think that we do agree that, you know, it it seems a little bit too much. And this actually goes right into the next story where make your money, have fun. I, I like to have fun as well and make money. I don't want to be poor, especially in this economy. But it seems like the Republican Party is just a big hangout, kind of like circle jerk, where it's like they're not even really trying to get the other side to get their message. We're like, maybe there would be a better way to get the left on your side. But are they even trying to sell their message or are they just trying to capitalize off the people that already agree and push the other side further away? Uh, this kind of plays into it a little bit. So I'm going to this is my last little clip video. So Matt Getz, who kicked out or helped get kicked out, uh, Kevin McCarthy kicked out. He's coming out with a documentary. It's called Gaveled Out, Return of the People's House 2023. And he's making a movie out of it. And Andy Biggs is like, we've finally returned power to the people. The D.C. Uniparty will not go unchecked. 21 Century Fox. Like, it sounds like it's a whole marketing sales pitch. Like, we did it, folks. We kicked the bad guys out. Marvel, Matt Gates coming soon. And it's like, bro. <laughs> Speaker Johnson is probably worse or exactly the same as Kevin McCarthy. I'm not mad. I don't really care. But like you you didn't win. Like it's like is Matt Getz trying to be a celebrity and an actor as a news journalist slash rapper that people would say stop rapping. I'm not saying you can't pursue multiple crafts, but like are we really going to sit and pretend like uh, that was some massive victory getting Mike Johnson as a speaker and now they're selling a documentary about it giving us like marvel pitches it's so stupid <laughs> well i was uh i was talking with my friend this morning and you know what i said was you know the these types of characters insert whoever you think it's like you could draw a conclusion about who i'm even talking about it's like they don't care about America. They don't care about the actual things that would actually matter. They just care about monetizing the aggravation and anger of the people who do care about America. So mm. it's like, it's like, oh, here we go, guys. Let's all sit down and watch a movie and yell about how stupid everyone on the left is. Meanwhile, mm. there's a thousand bad things happening. It's like they only care about monetizing the the anger of people that really care about America, not so much about doing what really matters because of all the things that they could have spent that however many days it was, six days or whatever it was, trying to get the new guy in, all that time, that could have been spent solving a problem that applies to every American, for example. I don't know that we're going to see some, some order of magnitude difference between Mike Johnson and Kevin McCarthy. In fact, he may be he may end up being worse, but regardless, it's like, does this really move the needle for your everyday average American? Because what they'll do is they'll say, I'm fighting for you. And then they, and everyone's like, they're fighting for me. But that's the exact opposite of who they're fighting for. But people are so easily persuaded and branded to on the right 
that they don't even care. It's like they care, but these guys are using that that care for America with the limited amount of time that people have to invest into thinking about this stuff and they're and they're milking them dry. It's like, I care about you. And people are like, that's good. And then their assistant's like, put that on a shirt. Put that on a hat. I care yeah. about you. Put yeah. that on. Okay, let's make a documentary about it. I care about you, the documentary. And, and then you're going to stand there and tell Patriots that you care about them. And they're like, it's like, okay, dude, listen, make a documentary. But to me, it's a little cringe because when Matt Gates did it, I said, go at it, bro. Because what he was saying was valid. He said, no matter who the speaker is, these omnibus bills, they just keep getting passed. And you tell us now is not the time. Well, when's the time? Because it, everything's corrupt and nobody cares. So like, I'm going to throw a wrench in the system and just make it messy. And part of me was like, go, go do it, Matt Getz. But I never fully trusted him. I thought he was grandstanding a little, but I'm, but I'm not going to talk down about it. Go, go knock yourself out, bro. You're making, you're making a scene. I agree with 90% of what you're saying. Don't care about Speaker McCarthy. You know, he's not my best friend. Go throw a wrench. See if you can get Thomas Massey or somebody like Chip Roy or somebody that's a little better. And then he gets Speaker Johnson in. And Speaker Johnson, the first thing he does is send our money to a foreign country. He, you know, you look at some of the stuff he said, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if he's worse than Kevin McCarthy, but I wouldn't say he's better. Like, and and they're trying to sell him as he's so based or whatever. And okay, I still am not mad at Matt Getz, but now you're making a documentary about it. Like, look, we return power to the people, giving the gavel from you know, uh, whatever his name was, Kevin McCarthy, to, that would be like giving the gavel for, from Nancy Pelosi to Chuck Schumer. Like you didn't yeah. do anything. So stop acting like you saved America. You did nothing. You you know, this guy gave our money to a foreign country. It's the first thing that he did. And apparently he has a white son and adopted a black son and then told his white son that he's privileged. It's like, <laughs> the dude's like, <laughs> like he's, yeah, that's a, so nice, bro. I'm sure, I'm sure your white son appreciates you adopting another son and then telling him that his life's so much better it's like it's i don't know that was cringe when i heard that i was like dude i feel bad for your sons well, <laughs> well even even if mike because i see people in the comments even if mike johnson is better it doesn't change the fact that will he be more effective it doesn't change the fact that all that time was squandered you know that could have been spent on something that applies to everyday americans but as it relates to the video i was thinking about it when you were talking it's like the video is going to be $17 and 76 cents and like the opening credit of the movie will be like, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like, it'll be like coupon code people's house, mypillow.com slash people's house. Grab hey, did, did, did you hear they said my pillow was lumpy? They yeah. said my pillow was lumpy. My pillows are lumpy. I got the best pillows. Promo code QAnon 66.6% .6 off. We're fighting Satan out here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's seventeen dollars and seventy six cents, Patriots. Oh, Just pull out oh, that credit card. <laughs> I'll take I'll take seventeen seventy six. I'll buy one thousand seven hundred seventy six of them. Yeah, it comes with an American flag pin, Patriots. It's like ah, <laughs> no, an American American flag in Israel. You know how they've been doing the combined yeah. flags where they like take half the American flag. It's like when they were doing that with the Ukraine flag, like half Ukraine, half America. It's like oh my gosh, but um. Yeah, to, and, you know, I'm not going to argue with people. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but there are, and I'm not going to name names, Fox News. No, I'm just kidding. But um, there's, <laughs> there's networks that are basically trying to tell people that he's so much better. But if you really look at, like, what he says, what he does, he's really not. So it's like, you know, it, it, he's not better. But, I, I mean, the, the verdict is not in yet, and I like when people disagree. But I've noticed that, like, I've looked at a bunch of videos of him, kind of his past, et cetera. There's some things he does. But then he's kind of really just like a copy and paste, like neocon Republican, like normie, like just like Kevin McCarthy. 
in my view, but there's so much right-wing media out there that like you said, it's like a branding thing where they just want you to think that they're winning. So you feel like, I don't know, yeah. we'll see what happens, but I don't think he's better. Well, yeah. And he probably, and you know, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I, I would wager that he's not, but it's funny because, you know, I was watching, I watched, I watch, I consume left and right wing media. Cause I think it's important for framing your worldview. I never just listen in echo chamber. I was listening to, um, to last week tonight with John Oliver uh, on HBO, which is like a very left-leaning political comedy show. And like right. John Oliver's funny. I wish he wasn't, but he's funny. And I'm watching the show and he gives this detailed breakdown of all of the different political races and why abortion is on the ballot. The entire show was about abortion. And then sure enough, on Tuesday, they win all these abortion measures. Did you see that on any right wing show? Yeah. And then you have somebody like Laura Ingram. I don't even watch Fox News anymore, but I saw a clip today and it was like it was like a headline like Laura Ingram explains why Tuesday wasn't as much of a loss as you think it is. And it's like you guys are supposed to be doing the marketing. Yet I would wager on Friday on Laura Ingram's show and Jesse Waters and all the rest not to not to dog them. But I would wager that they were like, isn't the left so stupid how they're doing this dumb thing instead right. of actually telling you, here's the, here's the eight races. Here's what matters. It's like our marketing is trash because again, there are pe like the people that, that market and brand and monetize us, our right. outrage of, of what's happening in America. They serve us up the lowest brow stuff that actually doesn't move the needle. Whereas everyone on the left love them or hate them. They absolutely destroyed at marketing. They're super effective. They move in unison. They never, they never really have any internal fire at each other. Yet we're over here being like Kevin McCarthy's so stupid. Here's some other guy, and we're just like completely losing the plot. And that's why we're going to continue to lose now until forever, unless we can figure out a way to have some hope, some unity, and actually get some marketing going in the right way by holding not only the politicians but the creators that we choose to consume accountable for not doing a great job at it. Right. And, uh, you know, people often think that I'm I'm being like hateful or jealous or something. I'm totally not. But like when I look at some of these like Griftathon events and like just look at who they're booking and stuff like I maybe I wasn't paying attention four years ago, but it seems like the grift and I'm all for people making money. But it's like the the average people that that right wingers are booking. I feel like five, six years ago, like when I kind of first got into stuff. I wasn't on, I wasn't getting booked, but I didn't care because I was like, oh, that guy's pretty good. That guy's good. Now I look at it, it just seems like a, how much money can we milk out of like naive patriots like booking? Like they're booking the most insane. And I'm not saying extreme, like they shouldn't have an opinion, just like the dumbest, most griftiest, like annoying. Like I'm, I vote Republican and I don't even like these people. You think the other side's going to like these people? But like Bobby's saying, and a lot of people don't like to think this way. To win an election, you have to not just please your base, which you should, but you have to find ways without compromising your values to sell your ideas to the other side. And I feel like the right is just like full blown, you know, cutard like zone. And I'm not saying that's all bad, but like, I don't, you get what I'm saying? It's just like, hey, just the most wild, goofy people are, are, are making it because it's like a loyalty game. Like, are you loyal yes. to this war? Then you could be booked. Are you loyal to Donald Trump? Would you lick the dirt off his shoes before you disagreed with him? Then you could be booked. And that it's just like a giant hangout. And it's, it, it's, it's effective at making money for, but it's not effective at like winning over the youth. Yep, because the strategy, because the the left people, we like to say how how dumb they are. They're not dumb at all. They're they're hyper intelligent. In fact, they just may have the wrong views in our opinion. But the thing is, is that they understand how to 
how to play the strategy. They understand the strategic win is getting the task accomplished. And whatever happens between now and then doesn't matter because once I have the power, once I have the attention, I can monetize that then. I can use the I can use the power structure to push the impact to wherever I want to. They understand the strategy of what matters at the top, and then the rest of the things fill in. And I and it, here's a perfect example. And you don't have to like Madison Cawthorn to understand this. Madison Cawthorn was the youngest elected member of the House of Representatives on the conservative right. The guy's a good looking guy. He says the right things for the most part. He could have been a good representation for a young Gen Z American male and even and even a female. And did they elevate him and make sure that he stays in the House of Representatives for years and years to come? Of course not. He he did one term. He says on a podcast that they're trying to invite him to some like some wrinkly man gangbang and they get him and they boot him out. And then but on the left, you have this this 25 year old kid from from uh, from Florida that they bring him up to the White House. You have the two you have the two guys that scream and shout with a pro with a with a blowhorn on the uh, floor in, in the in the tennis house they get invited to the white house they elevate these people to superstar status get them on 60 minutes get them on all the shows those guys are going to be in there forever i wouldn't be surprised if that guy maxwell frost is the president of the united states one day because they figure out how to co to co-opt the young vote whether the guy's right or not they know he'll push the agenda here you had madison cawthorn whether you liked him or not the guy didn't even remain for a single term so it's like we shoot ourselves in the foot yet they'll continue to serve us some person that is not going to be able to be effective at anything and has flip-flopping messages every other week and these are the people that we elevate it's no surprise didn't, that people don't like us didn't they like madison madison cawthorn until he said that like they were doing brothels like he was like yo they're trying to invite me to like sex parties or something right. they're like all right this guy needs to leave but like nothing else he said before that they were mad at just that part right. and they're like He's too much. And they're like, no, no, no. That's the only thing he said that I agree. With. Yeah. It's like, I'm I'm listening. What what was that, dude? And then he's yeah. out. They're like, no um, truth, no truth allowed here. He, here's another one that goes hand in hand with this. And this might uh, you know, tick off a lot of people, but whatever. So they voted to censure Rashida Tlaib for her speech against Israel for Palestine. I believe she's Palestinian and she clearly likes the Palestine side over the Israel side. For those who don't know, a censure pretty much does absolutely nothing. It probably meant something 15, 20 years ago when politicians didn't use it every two seconds. But it's like the word racist. If you use it too much, nobody believes you and it doesn't mean anything. And that's kind of like a censure. You know, Bobby put on his Instagram story, which was interesting. He said it's like uh, giving someone a warning before you give them a speeding ticket. And if you look up the word censure, C-E-N-S-U-R-E, it just means extreme disapproval. So instead of actually trying to win over a lot of votes, you have Republicans because they're so aligned to the country that you can't say they're aligned with. They're also write 40 smear articles about you and call you anti-Semitic. They're trying to censor her and they're like, oh, look who didn't censure her. Who didn't do it? Why didn't the Democrats do it? And it's like, what does that even mean, though? What is it? You're mad at her. You wagged your finger at her. Who cares? Like you guys are snowflake, safe space liberals. Say you disagree with her, call her what you want, you know, call her out, say she's dumb. I don't care what you do, but they'll spend two weeks censuring her and they're all wagging their finger and all these idiot right wing influencers are like, yeah, we censured her. It doesn't do anything. Right. Exactly. It, it, it reminds me of a time when I got a I got a warning note at my job and I was like, well, does that mean I'm fired? They're like, no, you're not fired. I was like, well, do I make less per hour? They were like, no, 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 but but in the event that you do something else wrong, you know, we'll write you up again. And I was like, 
oh, so it doesn't matter at all. So it's a complete waste of time. So great. So this that's exactly what this is. And just like you said, in the in the however many days that it took to write up the legislation for us to all use this as some some theoretical win, she's going to wear it like a badge of honor. It's completely going to backfire. And she's going to probably market and raise money on the back of this, just like Adam Schiff did. And as a result, we just lost six days of something that actually could have mattered. And your average everyday person will a never even remember this b it doesn't matter anyways and c what could have actually gotten done in that legislative session could have benefited a person like you and me but instead of focusing on things that really matter they're gonna they're gonna pretend like they got some win which is just like this documentary and all of these other fake things it's like i remember people talking about um when dinesh d'souza came out with the with the uh election <laughs> documentary and like did you see it it's irrefutable proof it's like oh there's not two videos of the same guy they didn't say exactly which places moved these ballots it proved nothing there was no legal recourse for it so we just gave Dinesh D'Souza you know $17.76 and we're stuck in the exact same place that we were not that I don't like Dinesh or don't like the fact that the information's there but what did we gain as a result literally absolutely nothing except more distrust for elections which means that more people probably won't vote at all which means in the event that they were real and were valid we're we're going to lose anyways because the ultimate psyop is convincing you that elections don't matter at all a censure is the ultimate like hissy fit it's like you know if you want to beat her try to beat her in the election if you don't like what she said explain why you don't like what she said say i don't like ilhan omar and rashida Tlaib because they said this but this is the truth and they're dumb and you know i i hope they lose the next election and i'm gonna spend my energy with better information that makes more sense than what they said a censure is essentially trying to shame them into you know agreeing with your foreign policy through really just like a wag the finger tactic and the fact that republicans do that it just shows that they're all really hypocrites and even like ron DeSantis at that debate you know vivek was like you know israel's awesome hamas is bad and you know you should love israel but you know, I do believe in like free speech on college campuses, and I don't think shutting down protests is the right idea. I agree with them there. And then Tim Sott and DeSantis came along and they were like, no, we got to shut down the protest groups. And then, and then like DeSantis was like, it's not the Islamophobia, it, it's the anti-Semitism. And he said it in that voice where it's like, it's not the racism, it's the sexism, it's the xenophobia. And it's like all these words, just say what you mean, say what you think about that country, say what you think about that country, say what you think about Rashida Tlaib, a censure is so stupid but that's what they do for their republican base they just spin them up and they're like look how bad ilhan omar is what are we gonna do we're gonna censure her it's like a virtues for we're gonna censure her and then we're gonna put out a documentary calling the censure that changed the world even though it didn't even do anything so it's like you know people need to in, in these bases need to outsmart the people talking to them because it's starting to happen but a lot of media and politicians are really just kind of using and playing you and using your energy and attention to do nothing but you know enrich their own wallets like you said when they do a certain move it's like they raise money they raise money um you know it, it creates a spectacle um but yeah i would say i'm in the minority of republicans that thinks that censuring rashida Tlaib is stupid and if you said that they'd say you're a terrorist you're hamas you're this you're that and it's like I don't believe censoring anyone matters ever. Like it's like it, it's for an extreme example where it's like it's so bad. But even if it's an extreme example, like what does it do? I don't <laughs> I don't even understand. It's just like, no. <laughs> OK, no, no. Now what happens to me? Nothing. We just said no. And we spent a week saying no to you. Exactly. And and here's a here's a perfect example. People want solutions. Here's a solution. 
who's running against Rashida Tlaib in her district, who's the person that we're going to get to fill this right. position, and what are they going to do differently to capture those voters? And instead, for the next two years or however long her, her term is left, why don't we say, here's Jim Jackson, and Jim Jackson's going to be the guy that's going to replace Rashida Tlaib, and here's why, and here's how we're going to do it. So mm. if you're really mad at this right now, why don't we all elevate this guy, share him mm. on social, make videos about him, let's make some clips about him, let's put him on TV, let's elevate him and put him up in front. Instead, they're like, gather around, Patriots, we did absolutely nothing but buy the DVD, and I'm a firebrand, Patriots, right. I'm a firebrand. I wonder if they like them because that gives them like a, you know, it's like they, the squad is kind of what they call themselves, but it became like a villain. Like I would say the squad is more popular for being hated by the right than even being liked by the left. I don't yes. even think they're that popular on the left, but they're the perfect group of like villains to push the foreign policy of the right. So they're like, look at them. Let's pass 15 speech laws, censure them and make it illegal to protest on a college campus because they're bad. So it's like they don't even uh dislike them that much i think they just need them just like the cnn needs trump for ratings and um i noticed that you know trump said one time in an interview and he's been saying this again recently he he's calling himself israel first and jason miller shared it but um he said in an interview he said israel used to literally own congress uh and now they don't and that's bad because of rashida talib at ilhan omar First of all, the media called Trump anti-Semitic because they said that that was an anti-Semitic trope that Israel ran Congress. So even though Trump is super pro-Israel, they still call him anti-Semitic all the time, which is hilarious. But then also it's like <laughs> Trump's like like the just listening to that complaint. I don't like Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib. I find them very they're both very dumb, in my opinion. They're not like bright politicians with good policy. But is that the argument to, to replace them? Like you said, they don't even have a replacement. They don't no one knows the name of the people running against them. And then you have Trump saying a foreign country used to literally own our Congress and now they only own like 98% of it. And that's the problem is that they don't completely own it. It's like, what? You want another country to own Congress and you're only mad at them because another country doesn't own them? But it's like, it doesn't even matter how they vote because when it's a vote, it's like Thomas Massey them. It's like 200 something to 10. Like that's not good enough. Well, you, you could pass anything you want with those numbers. Like they're not even really a threat. They do... They do nothing because, right. you know, they don't agree with the party. They just yell and say racism and stuff, you know, like, oh, aren't racist or white people or whatever. And you're like, okay, like, did that really do anything? I don't think they have that much clout or uh, sway in the, in the Democratic Party. I don't think they do either. And if you watch like if you watch like um, Ilhan Omar, for example, sometimes I jump on her Instagram lives. There's like 65 people watching her live. I really and I, I swear to God. <laughs> and and like I don't think that I don't think that they have that clout. But again, so here's the two. Here's exactly how I think that this is on the left. They're like, let's brand this group of people that don't have the best ideas. Let's call them the squad. Let's have them call yeah. themselves a squad. Then we'll have the right also call them the squad because we always fall for the branding. We always fall for the marketing. We feed right into what they want. Then we focus all of our firepower, all of our theoretical firepower on those five people that the left doesn't even really like, doesn't even really co-opt. And then meanwhile, the other 300 people all do the most insane stuff imaginable. So he, these are like the, they're like the rodeo clowns to take the attention of the bull off of you. <laughs> so it's right. like that they're perfectly positioned there. And then you use this term, the squad, which we were reiterating all of that branding. And then we know that the media is always on their side. So no matter how many articles the right puts out that says the squad does X, the left is always going to dominate it in the media landscape. They're always going to dominate because they have this brandable. There's no squad 
on the right. There's no group. There's no branding. There's no marketing. It's you Thomas to- Massey getting yelled at by everybody. He's the, <laughs> he's the, the solo squad. He's like, yeah. what about free speech? And they're like, shut up, Thomas Massey, you piece of garbage. Like, free Get speech out. only matters when we want it, not when they want it. It's like, yeah, you're a <laughs> rhino now. You're the only rhino in there. Get him out. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have a squad of people that just like, they're like, I like Trump and, and you like me because I like him. Now watch my documentary. Um, yeah, I guess if the truth was here, right at the bottom, say the truth is here, whatever you think the truth is, the uniparty or the fact that we're getting taxed no matter who's in office or the fact that the omnibus bills pass, whether Trump or Biden are there, like something that doesn't change, the deep state, whoever you want to blame, right? The bottom. If that's the bottom layer, here's how they get you. It's like, here's, you know, uh, Romney versus Obama or Trump versus Biden or Trump versus DeSantis or the squad versus the right wing or Matt Gates versus Kevin McCarthy or Kevin McCarthy versus Johnson. And these are all like little proxy battles that like kind of really actually don't matter. And if you just stay in that world, like 95% of Republicans are like, no, Han Omar is crazy. Let's censure her. Well, let's censure Adam Smith. We're going to wag our finger at him and raise money off. And he's going to raise money. and We're all going to get rich and you're going to be poor. <laughs> like that's what they're doing to you. And you don't realize it because everyone's doing it at the same time. It's the same way the left doesn't realize what's going on because they're like, could John Oliver, Jimmy Kimmel, Trevor Noah, you know what I'm saying? Jimmy Fallon, could, could they all be lying at once? It's like, yeah, they all have the same script. So that's the games that they're playing. And even like right wing media, most conservative media, it's a layer cro- closer to the, the truth. But in my view, the Republican Party, and I would even throw Trump and DeSantis into this category, they do a lot and they do more than the others. But it's almost like they're there if you go closer to the truth that they'll turn on you and their media organizations will yell at you where it's like they're just there to stop anybody else from actually getting to what would it really matter. And it's like this big sort of circus where, you know, I just don't really trust any of them. And I think people think that that's like a bad thing to do, but I don't think anyone should trust them. I think you should demand that they do stuff for you because if you keep playing this game of like, well, you know, Ilhan Omar exists. So that must mean Trump and DeSantis are really going to crush for me. Judge them based on what they do and push them in the right direction peacefully, obviously not like literally push them. That'll be a felony, but you get what I'm saying? Like guide them in the right direction. Um, or else, you know, it's just this game of like, Oh, I think they're going to do something. Cause look at them. And that's the, there's like layers upon layers, but they all almost exist just to stop you from actually solving anything. And I think like Bobby's saying, marketing wise, I think that Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, how much do they really hate them if you don't even know the name of who's running against them? Maybe maybe they're just using right. them just like the left uses Trump for ratings. Right, exactly. And, you know, if there was a, if there was a, like every person that I know on the right could tell you the members of the squad and what their names are. Yet what's mm. the right equivalent? The Freedom Caucus? I don't know who's in the Freedom Caucus. Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Getz? And I don't, I don't know. But right. we all know who they are. It's, right. it's it's perfect. And the other thing too, you know, a perfect example of the of the you know the make a promise but don't tell you how we're going to get there or don't actually provide a real solution. And I don't I don't dislike Trump. Everyone wants to go get get absolutely nuts when you say this. I watched Trump give a speech in Miami the other night during the debate, and he goes, "They stole the election in 2020." but we're not going to let him steal it in 2024. And all I have to say is how, how, how? Yeah, right. how, how, if give me, <laughs> give me one, I don't understand how. And when you had the power, what, what did you do then when you right. had it? But, but now 
we are going to stop it. And then, <laughs> and then on other things, it's like, I remember I watched uh, Steve Bannon uh, at the Turning Point event be like, on day one, Donald J. Trump is going to release the JFK files on day one. It's like, you had four years to release it, but you didn't. So why are you going to do it now? So then it's like on day one, he'll be like, that was just a marketing. He's like, that was just what we say during the election. Just like he said about locking Hillary up. So it's right. like, are we just going to let him say we're going to do this and then not do it? And they do it in real time. And all everybody can say is like, Mega! It's like, that's all you got. There's no right. follow. There's no follow through. With DeSantis, you know, one of the reasons I liked him more, but I'm probably not going to vote for him now, but it was like, he does do stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it mm -hmm. seems like he figures out how to do it. And some people will call him authoritarian. I don't agree with the anti-Semitism laws he's passing. I think it's, uh, it's far reaching. And I think him trying to shut down protests and redefine what the word terrorist is, is going to be used against him. It already is. So I don't agree with a lot of that stuff. And I, I kind of don't even like him anymore, but I do think that he does like strategy wise think like, okay, what power do I have and how do I get it done? And with yeah. Trump, in my opinion, he's just like a giant circus character where he just says everything. Like he's at a pro-life rally. He's pro-life. A baby's heartbeat is, is real. And if you believe a baby's heartbeat's real, then you absolutely wouldn't want to like kill it. But then it's like he's saying that we need to win an election so we can't go that pro-life, which is fine if you're not pro-life, but you just spoke at the pro-life rally. So like, you know, you're not like, who are you inspiring when you're playing both sides? No one's going to believe you. So I think he's, he knows how to like talk a lot, even with the election. I don't, I don't think he, I, I guess Biden's so bad, he can obviously win, but I think it's just like a, it's like a big show, you know, it's a big show where it's like, watch me. This is what we say. Here's the three things that we always say on loop. But that doesn't necessarily mean we have a strategy for him. And I think with abortion, too, Cernovich makes this point a lot and it's pretty dark. But I do think that he's accurate here is he's like a lot of these pro-life uh, Republicans who say that is a baby's life. A ba every baby shouldn't be spared. They're also justifying killing like thousands of like babies in Palestine. You know, so it's like, how pro-life are you if you're willing to bomb it? And I, I, not to go on a huge tangent, but too late. With the Hamas thing and the like, who is Hamas? He, I, I don't fully trust the Palestine side. Obviously, there's liars and propagandists there. And when it comes to Israel, I'm not saying they're bad or anything. But what I will say is people like Alan Dershowitz and others, I know that they're setting the stage to kill innocent civilians because their logic is this. They say, you know, everybody's Hamas there because Hamas won an election. The election was in 2006, which was over 17 years ago, and half the population's under 18. But if you say we need to kill Hamas terrorists, but everybody's technically Hamas because they won an election, that means you're willing to kill literally everybody, including children. So it's like, you know, the same Republicans that will say we need to save a baby's life, they're openly saying that child's Hamas. They're all Hamas. Like if you're willing to say the election happened in 2006, so they're all Hamas, so they all deserve to die, you're willing to kill all of them. You know, so you're, you're worried about how much how valuable a life is doesn't necessarily hit home to people. Um, to me, that's like obvious where I'm like, if you say we need to kill Hamas, OK, we need to go after them. OK, we, we might kill innocent civilians in the process. OK, but if you're willing to say every civilian there is in on it because of an election 18 years ago, you're a psychopath and you're setting the stage to literally kill everybody. And then when you start calling people terrorists in America, I'm going to assume you want to kill them, too, because it's like, you know, that's what you do to that group. So if you're willing to call everyone that group, I can only assume that that's what you want to do to them as well, including the kids. Yeah, no, that's. 
that's totally valid. And it's, it's again, a, a perfect example of how, how poor messaging and marketing and branding is always, is always the, the rights weakness. It's like you, you can't say one thing and then do the opposite thing and then not have a, not have a strategy and realize how, how negative that's going to be on your marketing message. You can't be somebody like Lauren Boebert, for example, that'll say, family values, Christian, I'm a Christian conservative, God, 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 God. And then, and then be like grabbing somebody's balls in a, in a theater while you're drunk. You, you can't do that because now it completely blows out your entire brand. You could have just said, I'm religious, but let's focus on America. Let's focus on these policies. And then as far as it relates to this specific issue, I was drunk. I made a mistake. Great. Fine. Don't talk to me about family values and whatnot, and then do the opposite thing. If you're going to use that as your brand, you can't cannibalize that brand and then expect me to go to see you speak at whatever event and and just yell, yeah, go America, go MAGA, let's all vote for Lauren Boebert again, not to right. even just pinpoint her. But that's a perfect example of the, of the marketing and branding message just not being right. You don't have to lead with that if that's not the person that you really are in character. And we support a lot of your values. Don't don't use that as the club to hit everybody with when you're when you're creating your image. Yeah, and I think that's the disconnect that I've had is, you know, I do believe in a lot of those same values, but I talk about it with more compassion because, you know, I, I just think that it's nice to be nice. And like if you've ever made mistakes in your life, it's 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 nice to understand that other people do. It doesn't mean you have to tolerate that or think it's right. But when you speak with compassion, you could feel the soul, the spirit. You're like, that's a good person. I know that's a good person. All these right wingers, they can, yeah, 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 and then they don't live by it. All the women that are in Congress, God bless them. They're all getting divorced. So it's like you can get divorced. But if you spent four years bitching at everybody, like calling them names and stuff, you look like an idiot. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, it, it doesn't hit us hard versus like, hey, everybody goes through it. I went through it, but I still think it's the right thing to do. And I want to find like. That the, the soul of that message hits a lot harder. But once you realize that Republicans, and I'm not saying that they mean to do this, I, I like Lauren and, uh, you know, but in general, it's a, uh, they, they've gotten too into themselves in the sense of like, it's about me and the turning point speaking gig and, and speaking at Mike Lindell's conference and this, and then I'm going to fly there and everybody's going to like me. So they, they just figured out what you want to hear. So mm -hmm. they're just saying it to make money and please you. They're not thinking about how it is perceived by the left because they don't care, um, which I'm not saying you have to cave your values. But I do think that conservative, if you're going to be a hard ass, you have to be like Bryson Gray. You know, Bryson is a friend of mine. He's a hard ass. He goes extremely hard on Christian topics, but he really lives that life. So he doesn't care what people think. He's not a politician. He's not running for office. He doesn't care how much money he loses in, in rap. He's like, this is what I believe. But I really do it, I, you know, and I, I believe that he is that way. A lot of these other people, they don't do any of the stuff they say, which would be somewhat fine as long as if they had a little compassion for others not doing it. But they become a meme of everything people hate, where it's like bitching at everyone about all these things that they can't do in the rudest, scummiest, most like eh, 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 way. And then and then it all falls on them. And it's like, now do you have compassion? Because that's why the youth doesn't like you. You know, just have a little bit of empathy and compassion in your principled message. If you don't, you know, it's going to look extra, extra dumb and it's going to lose us millions of votes. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I think that that's that's a huge issue, a likability issue, as well as a branding and marketing issue where it's like you even have somebody like Trump saying things like it's like, oh, Chris Christie's fat. Let's call Chris Christie Golden Corral. It's like 
you're fat, bro. Like you're <laughs> also fat. Like you can't just say he's fat. You're fat. You eat bad food too. So, okay. And then he'll say things like, Oh, uh, you know, Nikki Haley is a bird brain. It's like, is she a bird brain? She's actually a highly intelligent person. She's just like a Warhawk demon, but she's not stupid. <laughs> It's not, it's like, oh, that's, that's the insult. Like she's dumb. It's like, oh, let, how, let's insult it, like by proxy, like all women, all right. intelligent women, you know? So that, that certainly doesn't help. Then, oh, <laughs> Kay Kaylee McEnany is milk toast. It's like, she's more interesting than you dog. I don't know. You're just like right. slanging insults on Twitter at 5 AM, taking a dump on a golden toilet. And then, and then as much as I like, as much as I like Vivek, it's like, he made a comment at the at the uh, at the debate about DeSantis wearing high heels. And it's like, but you just said at the last debate, let's quit with the with the, you know, name calling. It's like and he's also very small. He's a small guy. Also, yeah, he's like, you're wearing heels. It's like, bro, yeah. you look like a mouse. You're like, yeah. five foot tall. what are you talking about, bro? You're not you're not That's freaking right. Yao Ming or Wemba Yana out here. You know, Sha Shaq O'Neal. He's like, you're small. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he's probably smaller than DeSantis, right? I, yeah. I don't know. Is he tall? He doesn't look tall. I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he could do, <laughs> probably do a couple, couple bench presses, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just like, don't, don't say, don't raise <laughs> yourself up on the mountain of let's get above the name calling and then be like, Ron has heels on. It's like, you, you just said that that was what we're not supposed to do. So I just think that these among so many other things, it's like, and then, and then Vivek will say things like, you know, I'm a, I'm the only one that has principles. It's like, but you said the principle was get above the name calling. And then not only did he say it in the debate, I watched him on a, on a live stream on wearechange.org yesterday. And he reiterated the same thing about the heels. And it's like, so we either do it and don't say that you're not going to do it or don't do it. You can't have both ways. And I think that that's, and I, I actually hold the, the people, the audience more accountable to that because we're letting Trump say Chris Christie's fat and everyone's like, he's so fat, like golden right. corral when he's fat. So it's like, if you don't hold them account to it, then they're just going to keep doing it. And, and, and in the meantime, anybody that could have potentially come over to the side, any middle of the road female professional that likes what Nikki Haley has to say about like, Oh, I don't know. Abortion, for example, they're going to be like, he just said, she's a bird brain. What a, you know, what a misogynist pig man that eats KFC. I don't like this guy. I'm not going to vote for him now. So I'm either going to a not vote for anybody or B maybe vote for Biden or maybe vote for RFK or whatever. But it's, it certainly isn't a winning message from a branding perspective at all. Well, Chris Christie's like Lizzo fat. Trump is like I eat McDonald's and just play golf fat. But you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's levels to the, it's levels to the obesity. But Correct. no, I hear I hear what you're saying, and I think with the Chris Christie thing, I've said this on my show a bunch. He called Chris Christie fat in 2015, and he said that Chris Christie was a sellout, whatever. And then Trump tried to hire Chris Christie for chief of staff, and then yep. he picked his FBI director because Chris Christie told him to. And Trump says he listens to Chris Christie a lot. So yeah. anybody that has a brain can figure out Trump just says things to appease his base, but he doesn't mean them. And he works with the people he makes fun of. So if he's making fun of them, it doesn't matter if he's trying to hire him and hires his FBI director because Chris Christie told him to. So it's like, in my opinion, you know, the same way the left kind of abuses their base, Trump knows his base is subservient to him. So it's like he he thinks that they're dumb where he's like, you didn't figure out that I, I used to do that to Chris Christie and I still tried to hire him like my word doesn't mean anything because I'm calling him fat. You say he's fat, but you don't even realize that I work with the guy that I'm making fun of. It's just like a comedy routine that doesn't actually 
mean anything. And with Vivek, I wanted to say, this goes to Trump as well. When I interviewed Vivek, uh, I, out of the whole stage, part of me feels like Vivek is the least sold out, even though I don't trust him. And, and someone said to me, you started the Vivek hate train. I don't hate Vivek. I just didn't believe him because he would just say what everyone wants to hear. And it's like, he's on Candace Owens show. He's just like Candace Owens. He's talking to a libertarian. He's just like a libertarian. Like his, his message wasn't adding up. And then he was gaslighting people into thinking he didn't write what he wrote in his book. And I read the book. So, or at least that chapter. So I was familiar with it. And I saw him essentially lie to Drano and Candace saying that that wasn't what it said. So when I interviewed him, I held him accountable to all those things and his pharmaceutical past that, you know, I don't know, does Patrick Bet David, he interviewed him today. Did he ask any of the questions about, has anybody asked him these things? I just asked him because I wanted to do a real uh, journalistic interview, not just play patty cake with the guy. But long story short, you know, Vivek's strategy of trying to disarm me when I was asking good questions was he was trying to flatter me, right? He said, the reason that I didn't know what the COVID thing is like, you're so smart, Anomaly. You saw things before me and some things I see before you. And I said, if I was susceptible to flattery, I would have said, thank you, Vivek. Yeah, I'm so smart. I'm so much smarter than you. But I said, Vivek, I don't think, I mean, I do think I'm smarter than him, but at the same time, it's like, I'm, I'm, I don't think you're dumb. I think you work for the pharmaceutical industry. And if you work for the pharmaceutical industry, you're going to try to capitalize on COVID because that's a huge cash cow. Me, I work for the American people. I don't work for big pharma. I work for the American people. I don't work for the Republican Party. So I told the truth. I don't think you didn't know the truth. I think there was cash. I, you know, I look at his whole pharmaceutical career. Money, he's just making money. So it's like, you know, he tried to flatter me and disarm me. And I think that's where Trump He's a 10 in a lot of character skills. He's a zero with flattery. He's so easy to trick. So it's like with Kaylee McEnany, Trump not liking her has nothing to do with whether she's a star or not. You know, it has nothing to do with how pretty she is or how good she is. It's loyalty to him in the sense of like, did you disagree with me? Now I'm going to bash you. With Nikki Haley, he was complimenting Nikki Haley four months ago. Nikki Haley's been the same sellout that she is today four months ago. Yep. I never liked Nikki Haley. I never said amazing things about her. Uh, Trump did until she crossed something that he disagreed with. Then she's a bird brain. So it's like Trump is the most petty narcissist ever. And his his like intuition is at a zero where it's like he constantly just gets surrounded by people who flatter him. And then all it takes is you playing into Trump like Vivek. He's smart. He knows to flatter Donald Trump. When he says things about Ron DeSantis, he goes, Ron DeSantis, George Soros. And then, you know, there's another guy who took a $160 million loan from George Soros in Chicago. And I'm like, who's the other guy? I said, Trump. It's Trump. You know, that's, yeah. that's the loan. But he doesn't want to say Trump because he knows if he calls Trump out by name, Trump's not going to like him. So Vivek just flatters Trump because Trump's susceptible to flattery. He's not a, a guy who values anything but himself. So I think uh, that's why when it comes to some of the speeches and like things that he's saying and stuff, he makes a lot of sense often. But when he calls Chris Christie fat, if Chris Christie just sucked Trump and was like, oh my gosh, you're the greatest. He'd be like, oh, Chris Christie's skinny. I mean, it doesn't matter how fat he is. He's so cool. Like he's only doing it because these people are. And if you listen to Christie, he talks about Trump's relationship with Kushner, et cetera. It's actually, he, it's interesting. So Trump just brands him, you know, ah, don't listen to him because he might tell you something, you know? Yeah. Well, because he's, because he, because he understands branding and marketing to the point where he can lie to you because that's kind of like part of the 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 good and the bad the yin and the yang of of good marketing and branding is like you can you can out market 
a restaurant that has better food than you by making it look like you're the best game in town. And he certainly understands that at, a, at an absolutely massive level. And even though, and I think that that's kind of one of the aspects of, of, of Vivek that's actually kind of sharp is that he understands that he can't really come for Trump because once he brands him, you know, you know, pharma dweeb or whatever, uh, you know, he's, he's toast. So it's almost like maybe he's just playing a strategy move, but it is absolutely Smart, true that, yeah. that he won't that he won't come for. Him. But that's the thing. It's like the only reason he's gotten as far as he is 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 because he's high, highly intelligent. But again, does the base, does the voter, do they ever hold him or anybody else accountable? No. And then do the other interviewers hold him accountable either? I would also say no. Right. I want to talk about, you know, obviously like the Israel-Palestine conflicts going on, the Ukraine stuff. To me, what I wonder, oh, oh, this is what I did want to talk about, the college donation thing. So there's been multiple Republican donors that were donating to mm -hmm. universities like Columbia. I think there was another one. And they were big donors giving money to these far left wing universities for years, decades, maybe. And then they pulled out when the Palestinian protest broke out on the college campuses. And they said, you know, this is enough. Like, we can't keep giving money to these left wing institutions. And I follow a few uh, pages that are really cheering that on. And they're saying like, this is awesome. These donors are, are, are taking their money out of these universities because of the Hamas or the Palestine protests. And what I wrote on one of them, I like these guys, Media Research Center. They were nice to me when the media was smearing me. They definitely had my back. So I, I appreciate them, even though we disagree here. I said, what does that tell you that these quote, like, what does it tell you about the priorities of these quote unquote Republican donors? If vaccine mandates, they were trying to mandate the vaccine on 18 and 19 year olds and they didn't, they didn't pull their money then. Yep. They've been pushing radical left wing stuff. They didn't push the money then. They've been pushing anti Christian stuff. They didn't pull their money then. They've been pushing insane sexualization mm -hmm. stuff on children. They didn't pull their money then. Only when the students protested a foreign country, they pull their money. So what I say is that shows me that their number one priority is that foreign country. And when I say that, Republican media calls me anti-Semitic. They say that's an anti-Semitic trope. And it's like, I'm just going based off of observation where if none of this, like if you're a Republican donor and forcing a vaccine on 18 year olds doesn't make you pull your money, but the second that a pa Palestine protest breaks out, you pull your money, that shows me that your number one agenda over conservatism or over liberalism is Israel. You know what I'm saying? And then if somebody goes against that, then you pull your money. Okay, I don't care. It's your money. It's not mine. You can do whatever you want. But I'm just tired of being called a hater or hate speech for noticing the obvious. And, and these Republican pages are cheering it on like, oh, that's so great. They pull their money. No, what it's really showing is, it, is liberalism and conservatism means nothing to these donors. They care about this. And I know this. And, and when I say like Trump does like, what do you think Trump's taking hundreds of millions of dollars from Sheldon Adelson? He constantly says, we moved the Jerusalem embassy to Jerusalem just like he wanted it. OK, I don't care. But stop calling me hateful when I notice that that's who the Republican Party is working for. Yeah, it's for anybody that can use deductive reasoning and logic and follow along the breadcrumb of history. Yeah, that that is completely accurate. And in to add an additional layer even on top of that, it's like, well, they didn't pull their money from those institutions when all of those other bad things that you just mentioned were happening. Why else would they not pull it? 
Well, because they were likely using those institutions to monetize them in some way, shape or form, whether it would be to get employees that ultimately came under their umbrella or benefit them monetarily in some other way. So as long as they can get money from it, then it's OK as well. They don't really care, again, about the country. They care about monetizing the people that care about the country. So when they saw this, it was like, here's a great way for us to get a bunch of really good press. Here's a great way for us to not only continue our not loyalty allegedly let's here's here's a way for us to then use this as a monetization event of, as well oh we're pulling our money now because of this now here's another way for us to to monetize this thing that's very hyperbolic right now that we know money is flowing towards yeah and when it comes to america's allies like ukraine etc like i don't have any ill will towards ukraine i think ukrainians are cool i think they they're probably are a good ally but when it comes to everything Zelensky's doing the hundreds of million billions of dollars the things that the global establishment's doing it's like yeah i don't agree with that it doesn't mean i hate ukraine it doesn't mean i hate our allies it's just like it seems like we're getting the raw end of this deal and i don't even believe personally that we're helping Russians or Ukrainians. So I think it's a lose, lose, lose. And the only one who's winning is us BlackRock, who's going to go rebuild Ukraine for upwards of a trillion dollars. When it comes to Israel and like Nikki Haley will say stuff, she'll say America doesn't need or Israel doesn't need America. America needs Israel. I think she should be a barista at a Starbucks in Tel Aviv. I'm not mad at her. I just think her and Tim Scott, you know, they, like I don't even think they're competent enough to be serving in American Congress. I think they should be serving coffee to to, to Israelis, like you know, and like Tim Scott seems very low IQ, very dumb. Uh, you know, I don't I don't see him as like a bright, intelligent guy. Like that, you know, I I would see him messing up my order. It's like, bro, I said almond milk, not oat milk. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like, listen next time, dude. You know, when I order in Tel Aviv. But uh, you know, jokes aside. It's like, I don't care how, how great of an ally they are, or how much we love them or give money to them, or you can't talk about them, whatever. I, you know, I'm not very sensitive, but to say that they, we don't need, like, you know, like they, we need them. They don't need us. Then go serve their government. I'm not mad at you. I don't hate them. It's just like, just you go there because clearly you care about that more than here. And that's the dynamic of the Republican party is I don't care if they're our great ally. That's awesome. I support that. I love it. Just at what expense, though? It, does it come at the expense of my First Amendment? Does it come at the expense of, of free expression? Does it come at the expense of American values? Like, this is a question I have, too, where we have all these allies, right? Israel, Canada, God, I don't even know who else is our ally. But did they ever say, we're going to send America money because America's borders open? Our borders open. You know, they can't afford to have an open border. Like, does anyone send us money or express concern that millions of people are coming across the American border? I, I never hear them talk about that very much. So it seems like a very one-way relationship. And uh, when you start to notice that, I think that people start to call you names. But the weird part is now there's so many people expressing that opinion that you just can't. It's like calling, you know, 50 percent of the world a, a name. It doesn't work anymore. We're wondering not like we don't want to abandon them. We don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to do anything like that. It's just like it seems like a lopsided relationship where that's the priority of these donors. That's the priority of Trump. That's the priority of DeSantis and Nikki Haley and everybody. And when Vivek, I don't even trust him, he comes out and, and is moderate and like supports Israel, loves Israel, does everything, but says, hey, I believe in free expression, though, still. And, and like you see that the press rapidly goes after him for that topic where they're trying to get him to cave like everyone else. Uh, it, it's very noticeable. And, uh, you know, it's like, 
it's it's not a good strategy to just constantly bash people who point this out because it's a it's only going to make people like not like it more you know where you're like they're they have a genuine concern in this country and you just constantly like belittle them and blast them and lie about them it's not it's not going to make more fans yeah exactly and especially if you especially if you have the people that are usually able to see through this and say you know if they say let's not talk about this we should talk about it that's like generally our position about so many things yet they're so quick and easy to cave on this specific issue when they've just been saying that they're people of principle and they believe that you know speech should be free and the first amendment is important and all the rest but they have a complete blinders up for this thing it's like you're not going to you're not going to convince anybody that might be on the fence about this issue to come into the camp being as hypocritical on this or really anything this is just the thing that's that's vogue right now to to talk about but they're they're showing their colors very clearly and like even Nikki Haley to go as far as to write that on Twitter it's like America needs Israel it's like i thought you were running for the president of America. No, like she's running for barista of the year in Tel Aviv. Right. Yeah, she's the barista of the year. Um, yeah, exactly. Tim Scott, not so much. He doesn't seem smart enough to get the orders right, but at least he tries hard. Um, he could do the drive through maybe. Yeah, he could do the drive through or probably, or, or maybe like assistant, you know what I'm saying? Like a permanent assistant or something. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you this question because I find it's a very slippery slope. Like when they tried to cancel Ben Shapiro from college campuses, they were referencing what he said about Palestinians, right? And I personally, I don't like the rhetoric on either side. Like, I don't I don't agree with the rhetoric. I don't support it. But as somebody that does understand how the First Amendment works, I had Ben Shapiro's back. He said some pretty messed up stuff about Palestinians that they tried to cancel. His, but I said, hey, that's his foreign policy. You don't have to like it. Um, but, you know, he deserves to speak at a college campus. Uh, Andrew Clavin said he wanted to bomb uh, Iran off the map. There's se over 70 million people in Iran. That means Andrew Clavin would be fine with killing over 70 million people. Is that messed up? Absolutely. Is yep. it genocidal? You could consider it that. Do I still think Andrew Clavin sh should be able to speak on a college campus? Kind of, yeah, because even though it, that's really bad, I don't want to take his, I want to hear what he thinks. And honestly, I could disagree with it. I could go there. And that's his foreign policy objective. I don't like it, but I wouldn't try to stop him from speaking. Now you go to the other side. They're doing the same thing that everybody rallied behind them to help them speak on college campus to take away people's right to protest. And they say, well, we want to send back students who protest, uh, you know, uh, for Palestine if they're on a visa. I understand if you're on a visa, um, it's kind of weird to protest in a like if I went to Italy on a scholarship, I would be like protesting in the streets. Like I don't, it's not really my country. I should probably just shut up and do my thing. So I get, I do get that part of it. But what about the other side? Are you gonna, are you gonna ship back Ukrainian protesters and Russian protesters and Israeli protesters and Palestinians or just the Palestinian ones? And if you're gonna deport the Palestinian ones, are you gonna deport people who don't like Zelensky because Zelensky's our ally, the same way Ukraine's our ally? Where do you draw the line? And if you're going to call every Palestinian protester a Hamas protester, and then you're going to say it's terrorism, can they say, just like Vivek said at the debate, which I've been saying, it sounds like, you know, he listens to me or just, you know, chat GPT. He picks up all the good points from everybody and kind of utilizes them, which is fine. But, um, you know, it's like, are they going to say that every Trump rally is a January 6th rally because there was a violent thing there? Like violence is illegal. So those people should be held accountable and charged. But are you going to say every protesters that now? So my question to you is like, where do you draw the line? Because the same way 
they're saying that every Palestinian's Hamas and, and, and their rhetoric's genocidal. The Palestinians are saying the Israeli rhetoric's genocidal. And a lot of people were saying Andrew Clavin and, and Shapiro's rhetoric was genocidal. And that's why they tried to stop them from speaking on college campuses. So like, where do you draw the line? And do you think that people are being like uh, DeSantis, Tim Scott, Shapiro, Rubin, do you think they're being hypocritical with like their concept of, of how to shut down protests and expression on college campuses? Yeah, I, they are being hypocritical. I think that, I think that, you know, it's kind of like a, the rule of law is that it should apply equally to all people. There should be one standard. The standard's the standard no matter what. So I think you should be able to say absolutely horrible things and, and speak on a college campus and people should have the right to be able to protest them as well. Um, but I think that that's kind of the whole point of the First Amendment to begin with. And to me, it's it's troubling that that the people that are usually, again, smart enough to defend this in every other way are so willing to cave in this particular aspect. Now, as far as the green card is concerned, I would say that I can understand that. And without without going further into what they're what are the specific parameters, I would say, yeah, if you're a if you're a guest in my house, perhaps you maybe shouldn't be able to do the same things, you know, or have the um, have the same privileges necessarily. But for an American citizen to be able to protest something, even if it's absolutely disgusting or say something that's absolutely disgusting, um, they certainly should be able to do that. Because what if they're right? You know, that what you're implying by saying that it's disgusting is that everyone unanimously agrees it's disgusting. And generally, things are subjective or objective. So these things, if they have the potential to be subjective, if they are subjective, even if 99.9% .9 of people agree that for them to be that way, if it's subjective, then how could you limit it? There, the only way that you could would be to say that there's an arbiter that determines that it's right or that it's wrong. So if it can't right. be determined right or wrong, then it should be allowed to be said. Despite what people may think when it comes to Israel and Palestine, um, they're not my countries. And I don't say that in a rude way or disrespectful way, but I am loyal to America and I don't really have an ethnic connection to either one of those countries when it comes to Israel, Palestine. Uh, I, I like people from both of those countries, but I look at it from the perspective of America. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in uh, you know, Armenia. And apparently nobody cares about that because they don't have a good press team. And, you know, I don't know the reasons, but, you know, there's a crisis there that no one cares about. There's crisis crises in Africa that people care about once every 10 years until they need new vaccines or something. So it's like I'm OK with everyone having an opinion about other countries. I just feel like my country's suffering and I'm focused on that. And what I noticed is, you know, there's so many. I think Tom Cotton's one of them. Like I said, Dershowitz, a lot of people. I'm just go. I'm listening to both sides. Like I see people post Palestinian stuff and I think to myself, that looks real. And then sometimes I think, I don't know, that kind of looks propaganda also. Like they're like writing things on the kid's hand. And it's like, uh, you know, like I, I could see through both sides because I'm not working for either team and I'm not just like pumping out content. I'm not really sharing any war stuff. So I could see that both sides are lying. But one of the biggest lies I've seen, I just want to repeat it so people really understand what I'm talking about. A lot of Republicans are saying that Technically, there aren't that many civilians in Palestine because they're all in on it with Hamas. And the reason they're all in on it with Hamas is because they voted for Hamas. But I've said this because it's the truth. 
the last election was in 2006. It was a pretty close election. It wasn't even that big of a blowout. And half the population of Gaza is apparently under 18. So a lot of them weren't even alive when that happened. So if your justification on the Israel side or on the American Israeli side is they deserve it because of that election, that shows me that you're willing to kill pretty much anyone in that country and act like none of them are civilians, which is crazy. So, and I'm not saying there's not crazy Palestinian people. Obviously, there are. But that's insane. And then when those same people are the ones saying, let's shut down college protests because they're this and they're that and they're all that because of that. It's like, that's also kind of crazy. You know, like you're willing to broadly paint a brush. It would be like if uh, an American said, you know, I think Zelensky's crazy. It's like, well, that must mean you're pro-Putin. And since you're pro-Putin, that must mean you work for the KGB. And since you worked for the KGB, we could just kill you or throw you in jail. And it's like, whoa, okay, so now we can't have an opinion on foreign policy. If you disagree, and for those who are very intuitive, they were planting the seeds of the Ukraine-Russia war for a decade because when I liked Bernie more than Hillary Clinton, everyone kept calling me Russian. And I was like, I'm not Russian. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that much about Russia. It's not a country I think about very often, but they were like, you, you know, there's no way that you don't like Hillary Clinton unless you're Russian. All of these Trump supporters, they secretly like Hillary Clinton. Only the Russian ones don't. It's like, stop trying to gaslight me into thinking that everyone who doesn't like Hillary is Russian. That's freaking insane. You know, so they, they, they planted that. And now they're doing the same thing with Israel and Palestine because our ally is Israel. I'm not saying they're terrible or every like I hope that they're peaceful and safe and I think they have a right to exist. And I, I don't have a right to tell them they don't. But on the Palestine side, you know, they were there. And a lot of them had their houses stolen and they're pissed off and they have a right to feel that way. And now you have two sides that want to beat each other up because they want the land and it sucks. But to say that everybody deserves to die in that country because of a 2006 election and everyone on a college campus is a terrorist. I mean, you could call every Trump supporter a terrorist because they don't like Zelensky. You could call uh, Tulsi Gabbard a terrorist because she disagreed with CNN in Syria. You could call Donald Trump a terrorist because he shook hands with Kim Jong-un. Like you're being that loose with the word. And when they pass things like the Patriot Act, you know, it says if you're a terrorist, we can spy on you. And if you're a terrorist, if you text a terrorist, we can spy on you. They did a six degree of separation where they could spy on anyone for any reason because they passed all these crazy bills. And when Trump and DeSantis and they pass all these anti-Semitism bill, read the bill, read what it says, read how they define the word. It's the same thing. They're like, we can pretty much just justify any criticism of this, any disagreement with our foreign policy. Now that is hate speech. Now that's a second degree felony instead of a misdemeanor because it's a hate crime. And the, the Republicans are doing this. So I would just say, be very cautious and careful. You don't have to like the side. You could disagree with the rhetoric. You can hold people that do violence accountable. Like if somebody does violence at a protest, you're not a protester, you're a criminal. You should go to jail. I don't care mm -hmm. what side you're on. I don't give a shit if you agree with me, stop. You know, but that's what the Republicans are doing with this Israel-Palestine thing is they're broadening the brush of what words mean and completely justifying, I would say, the bombing of millions of people by saying that an election 17 years ago means that they're all terrorists and you're a terrorist if you disagree with me. It's very creepy. Yeah, the <clears throat> the the modification of what words mean is the most deceptive tactic that the left uses all the time. And then here it is, the right using the exact doing the exact same thing. And you've made this point a million times about the definition of the word antisemitism, for example, and being able to transform the meaning of that word to mean whatever they feel makes sense at whatever time. 
is just exactly what the left does where they'll say oh you you can't use this phrase like i think it was during the um uh during the uh appointment of amy coney barrett she said sexual preference and they said it was like sexual and they said that that's an offensive word now it's actually sexual orientation and then you see like the merriam-webster dictionary literally change it in real time that preference is offensive and orientation is the new phrase of going about it it's like if you change what language means then right. you can you can essentially revise history right. in, re in in real time you can revise it later for what it meant in the past and that is definitely what they're doing yeah and i i would say uh you know if people are very naive, like if I have a, a sponsored product, I'm probably making money from it, right? Unless it's just something I show you that I was just randomly drinking or something, but I'm extremely ethical. I won't sell things I don't believe in and use. That's why you don't see that many sponsors. If I just sold everything that everyone gave to me, you'd see 15 sponsors and I make more money. Ethically, I can't do that. In politics, I would say Thomas Massey rejects a lot of you know comp compromised money, but a lot of them don't. So like, yep. for example, with Donald Trump, yes, he's really rich, right? That was his whole pitch is he doesn't need their money because he's so rich and it made him really likable. It's like, hey, that's a good point. You don't need their money. You're so rich. Um, but then he took hundreds of millions of dollars from mega donors like Sheldon Adelson and hundreds of, or tens of millions of dollars. I don't know how much. And then hundreds of millions of dollars from corporations. One of them was Pfizer. RFK says that Trump was interested in exposing vaccine injuries until he took a million dollars from Pfizer. And then he hired pharmacy lobbyists to run the government and close the door on RFK Jr. Some will say, well, it's only a million dollars anomaly. It's not that much. He's not spending his own money. And if you get a million dollars from a hundred different corporations, that's a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money. You know, mm -hmm. that can that can buy access. So when it comes to politicians, when you look at what they're doing, there's a reason. Thomas Massey said, you know, APAC, which is, I, I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's like American Israel Political Action Committee or something. They're basically like a group that lobbies for Israel, a forward country, right? And they give politicians money to pass pro-Israel policies. Okay, sure. But if you don't do it, like Thomas Massey is one of the only ones who doesn't do it, they shame you. They, I won't say blackmail, but they basically try to like guilt you and hold, like be like, we're going to destroy your character in the press. And, and he's like, they're telling me that they won't say what they're writing about, but they're, but they're telling me that they're going to make me look bad. So it's like, if you don't take money from a foreign country and, and push uh, policy for them, then the, the media attacks you. They're doing it to Vivek. They did it to me. They do it to Thomas Matt. They do it to anyone that won't compromise their country for a foreign country. I don't dislike that country. I have friends that live there. I pray for their peace and safety. I have neighbors that like that country. I like that country. It's just like, I'm not taking money to sell out my country and sell out my freedom of free speech and expression for a foreign country. I'm not doing it for China. I'm not doing it for Russia. I'm not doing it for Israel. So I think a lot of Republicans are naive and they think these things are just randomly happening. They're not randomly happening. Just like Trump took hundreds of millions of dollars from uh, corporations, all of them take tens or hundreds of millions of dollars from big donors. And if you look at who the donors are and what they like, you could tell what they want because they say it. I don't just assume I'm not... It's not like I see someone of a race and I'm like, oh, they must be doing this. I don't do that. I listen to them talk. It's like if, if, if Pfizer gives money to Trump, it says, we're Pfizer. Here's the money. We hope that he does things for the pharmaceutical industry. And then Trump does it. And I say that he did it. Would you call me anti-pharmatic? You know what I'm saying? Or like a, pharmace a pharmaceutical conspiracy? No, that's what they did. And same with the donors in politics. A lot of them talk publicly. Like if you listen to say like George Soros on the left, 
his worldview is obvious because he'll tell you what he thinks. And his son is on Twitter telling you, you know, it doesn't make you a hateful person to realize he's giving the money to shape his worldview. The same thing happens on the Republican Party. They've just tricked you into thinking it doesn't happen. And in my opinion, Thomas Massey is one of the few people that literally, no matter what side it is, no matter who it is, no matter what lobby it is, he votes based on libertarian constitutional principle, and he always explains it. And sometimes he pisses off Trump supporters. Sometimes he pisses off APAC. Sometimes he pisses off the left. Sometimes he pisses off everyone. But he's like the only one in Congress who actually explains how he's voting because there's a reason for it. And it's not because he's taking money. He really believes what he does. He might be the only one in Congress doing that. Matt Gates is selling documentaries, you know? Yeah, no, I think that that's accurate for sure. And the 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 fact that you can't point it out is definitely a con, the con, probably the most concerning aspect of it all. You know, when you look at something like, let's say, the teachers union, for example, most people would agree that the left has the teachers union in their pocket or just the unions in general. But let's use the teachers unions. It's like they're creating policies that benefit the teachers unions. They're saying the teachers can stay home and we should pay them more and we should get and that we should hire them using government contracts and stuff. So the teachers union doesn't have to donate a million dollars. They can say, hey, every teacher in the teachers union, we roll as one. These people have our best interest in heart. Let's all the teachers, let's rally together and let's have a figurehead at the top that says the teachers unions are with Biden or with the left. And then the teacher union rolls in a pack. And if you point out that the teachers union does this, then there's no like anti-teachers unionism. There's nothing that you can say that says that you hate the teachers union. You're just pointing it out. So to suggest that that there's not a specific lobby like APAC or whatever else for this specific group of people is disingenuous. Yet there clearly are for teachers unions. There clearly are for any other multitude of different of different groups. Right. It's just what's the group that you can't say does it? And, and the real question is, is why is that? Because the teachers union doesn't have that protection and nobody's going to the teachers union to sign a teachers union speech bill. So it just it just makes you makes you wonder. And I would say psychologically, I think it, it doesn't work over time where, you know, some some topics like I never would have even thought about if it weren't for that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I ever would have thought about this topic if Trump and DeSantis didn't pass that bill. Because I yeah. re like when I remember when Trump said in 2018, he goes, I'll never sign another omnibus bill again. Right. And I was like, <laughs> oh, based. And then <laughs> 2019, he signs the omnibus bill and he starts like bragging about the dumb. He's like, I changed the smoking age to 21 <laughs> i'm like okay like that's so you signed a multi-trillion dollar bill that had a bunch of left-wing thing in it to change the smoking age like what so then i was like you know th th they passed those uh, little anti-semitism school bills at that time and i read them and i was like okay it's a religious bill but it only includes one religion it doesn't include my religion and it also includes ethnicity it also defines what hate speech is and it also like it's just a little weird so it's like in order to stop hate and negativity, I don't believe you can do it through speech policing. You know what I'm saying? Like my intentions are actually very good. I want everybody to, to get along. I know that that's not possible, but it's like when you try to, even with the, say the Palestine protests, I'm not a Palestinian protester. I'm not Palestinian. I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I see what's going on, but it, you know, I'll, let, trust me, if I care like a lockdown protest, you'll see me in the streets protesting for what I believe in in my community. But if I don't, have that i'm not a professional activist i do what i'm inspired to do i'm not inspired to be a palestinian activist so that's not me with that being said if you shut down a students for palestine group 
do they just disappear and now they like Israel? Is that how it works? No, they feel even more justified in what they were doing before and they feel persecuted. And now they, they feel like they're even more right. It's like with the QAnon people, they used to always say, why am I getting kicked off Twitter if I'm wrong? It's like, well, you're not wrong about everything, but because the left persecuted them so dishonestly and said, you know, you're so crazy for thinking human trafficking exists. It's like, that's the not crazy thing that they talk about. Like, yeah, they might be a little loose with where it's coming from and be wrong about it. But like, there is that. So when you say to the Q people, oh, you're so crazy, it makes them feel justified. And the same, you know, it, without ever debunking what they're saying wrong, you know, you can't just call someone a conspiracy theorist. I win your conspiracy theory. No, that's stupid. Same with the Palestinian stuff. It's like by just shutting them down, calling them anti-Semitic, how is that going to relieve the tension? And then having like top level Republicans being like, oh, we could bomb them all because they're all Hamas because they voted for it in a close election in 2006. So let's just bomb them. Like, it's like, you think that's going to ease tension between Muslims, Jews, and Christians? You're out of your mind. It's like, you know, it takes honesty, self-accountability, compassion, and thoughtfulness, which apparently people don't have in this world. And, you know, Elon Musk, to his credit, I'm not going to play because I don't feel like getting copyright stricken. He talked to Lex Friedman, who mysteriously blocked me on Twitter. Uh, that's fine. And Elon Musk, in a minute, I heard a clip of him talk about Israel and Palestine. He made more sense than Trump, DeSantis, Biden, and all of them. He said, listen, I understand the dynamic and I like Israel or whatever. But he said, if you are loosely just bombing people and, and they're admitting they're doing it for the people, like they're admitting we're going for Hamas, but we're getting people... How many terrorists are you going to create if someone lost their child? If you killed someone's child, is that going to make them like you? Or is that going to put them on a life of hating you 20 times more than they already did? So he like he was like, you got to have the self-awareness to not create more problems. Like if you kill one Hamas guy and 100 civilians, are you creating more Hamas than you killed? You know what I'm saying? And, and like, that's a genius point. Why is Elon able to make that? But nobody in the Republican Party can. Do you think it's because they don't know that? Or do you think it's because... Their job is to, to not know that. Their job is divide and conquer. Their job is to pass speech laws instead of get to the root of the problem to actually help people. And, you know, if people really cared about Jewish Americans, they'd clean up the cities because, you know, there is a lot of Jewish Americans in L.A., Beverly Hills and New York, and those cities suck for everyone. So it's like you want to help them out and make them safer. Clean up those disgusting hellhole cities because now if you're wealthy, you can't even go out in Beverly Hills without getting robbed. So it's like, you know, how much do they really care about us when they only care about us once every four years? Do they only care about us when a war breaks out? Where were these people three years ago with the solution? You know, they they care about as much as they cared with Operation Warp Speed and lockdowns. And, you know, it's like they just they just know how to pretend and, and they don't really do anything. Yeah, because because all their only interest is monetizing the people that are mad at the moment. But it's 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 kind of emblematic of the government's approach to any and all problems, which is like if we don't like it, we find a, a way to ban it, which is like not the free marketplace of ideas. If 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 what they were saying about Israel or insert any other term was correct, the free market of ideas would determine that to be true or false. You don't have to shut off or put a roadblock up from the ability to talk about something or it's going to have a complete backfire effect. And like, you know, I've seen these things recently talking about how, you know, 50 percent of all hate crimes or whatever, who knows how exactly those are defined, are directed at Jewish people. Obviously, that's horrible. That's horrifying. But again, is this and you creating speech laws to protect them? 
Will that not just create and foster even more of that? And the answer to that question is the same to every question. Do you care about stopping the thing from happening or do you care about collecting the brownie points and pretending like you're making it happen? Do you care about monetizing the outrage and creating a fake solution that only benefits you? If right. you if you campaign on the fact that you're standing for Israel, that benefits you. You don't really care so much about Israel so much as you care about getting yourself elected. They just know that this is the thing that they can jump on right now to ride it to the next position. So they're just doing it and they'll pass whatever law or push whatever thing forward, not because they care about Israel, but that they care about garnering the vote and or the monetary push from saying they care about Israel. It's just like they say they care about America, but they really don't. They care about enough, enough about America to sell you a documentary about it or to get reelected into office and give a $25,000 speech about it. All you have to do is look at the vaccine mandates in Israel. They had some of the strictest, craziest vaccine mandates, right? Yep. All these, and, and I say this accurately, not in any sort of hateful way, all these conservative Zionists that they'll, they'll speak at these meetings and make money and tell you how much they love Jewish people in Israel. Where was Nikki Haley when Israelis couldn't go out without having a vaccine? Because I know people that didn't get vaccinated in Israel, and it was crazy there for a long time. Where was Nikki Haley? Where was Jared Kushner? Where was Donald Trump? Where was Mike Pompeo? Where was, you know, where was anybody? They like, if they really care about the people there, because there wasn't money and power in questioning Netanyahu about his strict vaccine mandate. So they didn't right. say shit. Just like they don't say, like, you know, uh, Ukraine is passing values that are totally against American conservatives now. They don't say anything. You know, it, it, they don't care. Uh, it's just like, which which can benefit me, like you said, and uh, they're very good at faking the moral high ground to just cash out on it. it I believe if someone rich gave them $15 million the other way, they'd, they'd turn the other way. You know, it's like, I don't think they have a huge moral conviction. And I know they don't just listening to Tom Cotton. It's like, bro, there's 15 ways to support and love Israel from a Christian perspective, saying they deserve to die because they're Hamas because they voted in 2006 when half the population didn't even vote and they weren't even alive. Like that's not that's not a real talking point. That's like someone gave you something to say and you didn't even take five minutes to think about whether it's true or not. Like it it shows me that you can't possibly care that much. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the other thing, too. It's like. If, if there was a huge cohort of Palestinian Americans, if there was a lot of money of Palestinians in Congress, if there was a lot of money of Palestinian donors and Palestinian groups and Palestinian insert whatever, if there was more money there, would they care so much about who they're saying they care about? Or would they care about whoever has the cash, whoever has the power, who has the influence, whoever has the group, right? If there was, a, if there was teachers unions, there was only a thousand teachers would they care as much or do they care about the teachers unions because there's a 50,000 teachers in the teachers union and they have XYZ impact money and power and they can control local races that ultimately drip up to the top. And I'm not blaming this on Jewish people. I'm just I'm just using this as an example of any and all influential groups. This one so happens to be the one that we're focusing on at this time. It's like, do they really care about Israel? Do they really care about Jewish people? Because their actions are suggesting that they actually don't. They just care about garnering the vote and the cash and the bump as a result of saying that they do right now when it's convenient. Right. And it's and for those who are getting lost in the sauce, it's like Democrats caring about black people every time the George Floyd thing yeah. happens, but then like for four years doing absolutely nothing. And, mm -hmm. and not even talking about it because it's not politically advantageous. Speaking of the hate crime thing, too, and the hate speech, I wonder how they're keeping these these tallies as well, because like with George Floyd, 
whether you think George Floyd was killed or not by the police, I'm not, I don't feel like getting into that debate right now, but, um, I don't think it was a hate crime. I mean, I, I think it no. had nothing to do with his race at all. Like whether you think the knee on the neck did it or not, or the fence and all, like I, like it, you could watch the thing. It's not like he's like, oh, look at your, he's like telling the dude to sit down and he's so cracked out. He's like, let me lay on the floor. Like if he had not done that, it had nothing to, didn't have to do with his race, but was that, was that put down as a hate crime? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how, when you say that this 50 things is hate speech, how am I supposed to believe that your statistics are even right? Because yeah. if somebody does a crime against me for my rate, like, do they, do they put it down or do they, or does America not like white people to the point where like, it doesn't, hate crimes don't matter against your race or like, you know, I'm, I'm just curious as like how they record those because at this point, um, it's hard to, it's hard to believe anyone with the, with the double standards and like the racial bias that you see everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that hate speech and hate crimes, I don't think that that's a real thing. I don't even think it is real at all. A crime's because, a crime. A, a stabbing's a stabbing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's all evil. It's like, I mean, you know, it's all bad. It's all illegal. It's all like, hate. A crime. Yeah, like doing a criminal act against somebody is terrible. I don't think it should be downplayed no matter what the situation was, whether they did it because they were mad or... But, you know, I guess... Do you think they do that for like accounting reasons to just like understand, like try try to like, uh, I don't know, like level, figure out how much hate is in America? <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's another, I think it's another statistic to be, to be weaponized. It's like another thing to keep track of in order to, to club people over the head with it. Because if you, because it's like to say that one's a hate crime means that you're assuming the intent of a person to do something. Now I understand that like when it comes to the severity of laws, for example, like I'm like an intentional murder versus a premeditated murder versus an accidental murder or one that's simply because of negligence. I understand the difference in, in the law for those things. And you have to determine whether or not that's the case. But I don't know that if I say it's because they are X, I don't understand how that increases or decreases the severity. To me, they're only doing that not to prevent hate from happening but to use that as a justification to garner again money and power as from those groups that they pretend they're doing something for all of these things come back to that it's like if i say that like obama was the one that pushed a lot of these hate uh, hate crime laws into the forefront if i say a hate crime against a black person is because they are black then then i'm pushing forward these hate laws to support or help black people, even though it probably, and I would say statistically, doesn't help any black people or prevent any black crimes from happening because you're assigning this blame. But it gives you a fake reason to garner support from those people because you're pretending like you're doing something. So the speech laws or whatever else are all doing the same thing. It's not about preventing the speech. It's not about protecting the people it's about giving a it's about giving a you know a, a gift to those people pretending like you're actually doing something and everybody is so dumb that they just fall for it in in florida desantis passed something recently where he basically made handing out flyers on private property or something that's not yours a felony from like maybe a misdemeanor or something and like putting you in prison for passing out anti-semitic flyers okay so really yeah 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 it made it like if, but Please. only if you do it on like uh, uh someone else's property. So here's where I find the hypocrisy then. People will be like that's fine they shouldn't be putting that on on people's properties. Sure. Um DeSantis was on Blaze TV or one of those shows and he said, you know, when Democrats come to Florida, you should let them know that you know don't turn Florida into where you left. And he's like you should put a flyer on their car. 
You know what I'm saying? So he promoted like basically littering on, on someone else's private property to tell them that they should vote Republican. So if that were the same hate crime that he made anti-Semitism, DeSantis could go to prison for that. You know what I'm saying? Because normally yeah. if you put a flyer, it's not a big deal. Um, but he's trying to weaponize littering laws to say, well, technically that's littering. Technically that's private property. Now you have to go to prison because that's a hate crime. And it's like, okay, but you are, are promoting on a show to, to, to do that on people's, I'm not a, I'm not a, a flyer guy. You know what I'm saying? I don't pass out a bunch of flyers, but it's like, if it's a, if it's a felony and you go to prison for doing this type of flyer, but if DeSantis does his Democrat flyer or, or say he does a Palestine flyer and does it the other way that now it's not a hate crime. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I, I was like, you're promoting, telling people to break the law on your show after you just passed the law. It's like, it's the same thing when like Trump passes anti-Semitism like school bill. And it says that it's anti-Semitism to say that like, you know, Jewish people have any influence in the media or, or banking or whatever. And then Trump says, oh, Mike Bloomberg owns the media or something. And, and like, or, or Ted Cruz says, Mike Bloomberg owns Bloomberg News, which is factually true. And then all the headlines go, you know, Ted Cruz is an anti-Semite. Or when Trump says that Israel owned Congress and the headlines are Trump is an anti-Semitic because that's one of the hate speech offenses that Trump passed in the law. To, it's, a, it's an anti-Semitic trope. And he's and Trump's like, I'm not anti-Semitic. And it's like, of course you're not, bro. But you did pass that into legislation. You <laughs> right. expanded the definition to make it that. If you criticize Israel more than other democratic nations, that's a hate crime. If you read certain passages in the Bible, that's a hate crime. Like I've read the laws and it's like some of them are insane things to say that no one should ever say. Others of them are things that Republicans say all the time and Democrats say. And, you know, eventually someone's going to say in a, in a, a comedy routine or, you know what I'm saying? It's things that are said. Um, it's very, it's very wild to watch it. it. It does remind me of the Patriot Act where they passed it. And I wanted to say this to them and throw it back. Someone said one time on my video, and I keep repeating it because it's so funny. They were like, anomaly. I think I, I, I posted on the typical liberals page. Who's like a conservative on, on Instagram. And I, I was explaining the Patriot Act. and go, you're so dumb. Republicans passed the Patriot Act, but it was Democrats who enforced it. And it's like, yes, everything yeah. you do will eventually go in the hands of a Democrat House, Senate, or President. So that's why you don't pass things that you don't believe in, because it's going to either be used by your presence or not. The fact that Republicans passed the Patriot Act and Democrats weaponized it against you doesn't mean the Republicans made the right decision. It, it proves they made the wrong decision, because in that legislation allowed it to happen. You don't pass things that can be abused, weaponized, and brought in terms to basically like you know, 40 years ago, you probably couldn't just spy on people. Now you could just spy on it. They could spy on anyone at any point at any time for any reason, because they've passed so many stupid bills that make everybody a terrorist, essentially. Yeah, no, exactly. That, that and, and like another perfect example of that is like saying that Mike Pence can like unilaterally just reject the election results <laughs> like six days of our they're like mike pence is a coward spineless pence and it's like well if kamala harris did that we would be freaking out she it's should like, she, honestly i don't like kamala harris and i don't want it to happen but she should just to show republicans like you talk about it and don't do it we don't talk about it and we do it yeah. and the people that was the one thing that like 95 percent of my audience disagreed with and it's like if you give him the power to do that your election now literally doesn't matter and like no no he could just send the electorates back send them back where to pennsylvania how did they get in well they sent them in so why how, how is sending them back to the people who sent them in gonna change it oh because they changed their mind now it's like 
did I changed my mind about voting? Should I go, you know, give me my vote back? So I'll, it's like, it was always just like this Hail Mary of like, we're not winning in the courts. So let's just tell our base whatever we could possibly think of. Yep. And uh, that's, in my opinion, how January 6th happened. It's like when you don't think about what you're doing and you just follow people that are just aimlessly leading you, you know, like as an adult, I'm I'm kind of like that grandpa on the lawn that says, like, get off my lawn. Like, I have that vibe in me. I'm not trying to go out right now. I don't want to party. I don't want to hang out with you. I'm kind of like a loner in that way. So when everyone's doing all this crap and they're like, I'm going to follow and I'm like, it's I was with you for the first two months of we're going to overturn the election. But now it's like we're losing like Mike. What was the name? Lynn Wood was like conservative beaver dot com says that <laughs> Obama is arrested at the Vatican. And like I had 10 friends share. Yo, dude, did you see Lynn Wood? Bro, conservative beaver is not a real site. Obama's right. not arrested in the Vatican. Like, I know you want that to happen, but it didn't happen. Like, are you sure? But, but Chrissy Teigen, you know, she might be on Guantanamo Bay, bro. She's got a new show. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it's like you want those things to happen, but it doesn't mean they're happening. And like shit got weird. So I kind of the last couple of weeks, I was like, all right, you, you guys are kind of losing me now. And I don't I don't think. You know, that's it's so funny with Trump, too, because like Mike Pence does suck, but like he did all these messed up stuff and no one cared. And then like the one thing that like it's like Trump is so selfish, like he doesn't say anything bad about Mike Pence. And then like last second, he's like, here, you take the hot potato and I'm going to blame you for this entire thing, even though yeah. there's pretty much nothing you could do. If he would have sent those electorates back to Pennsylvania, they probably would have thrown Mike Pence in prison and Biden would have been the president also. And the and and the Pennsylvania people weren't going to do shit like it's like they. Yep. <laughs> It's, I don't even like Mike Pence, but it's like, dude, he takes the funniest time to just blame him for like everything. Yeah, exactly. Plus, like, that was your guy, dog. That's the only reason we even know this dude exists because you right. put him here. But I remember when people kept telling me that Trump is the super, like the super secret shadow president and the military is in charge. And I was like, look, if you I don't I don't mind that you like Trump. But if you think that a guy could lose, whether you want to believe it or not, and be the super secret military controlled president behind the scenes, you better have, you better hope he's not, because that right. means that Biden or Obama or whoever else could do that, too. Like, you better you better hope that he's not the super secret shadow president, because that would be absolutely insane. But they can't even they can't even look that far that far past. And then when someone like you or I will be like. You know, I don't really think that's true. They'd be like, you don't get it, bro. And then they'll unfollow you. Dude, some <laughs> of I these some of these pages, like my friend, because I try to just tune them out, but my friend would be like, bro, you got to watch this guy. I'm not going to say who. Um, and one day he'd be like, Trump is the shadow president. He is like, fear not, patriots. Trump is yeah. in office. He's, he's in charge of the military and we're running the country. Okay. Yeah. We got the country. I'm like, all right. And then the next day he's like sweating. He's like, dude. The country's going to shit. Biden's taking our guns. You know, Biden's doing this. Biden's doing that. And I'm like, if Trump's running the country, how is it going so bad? If Trump's running the country, how's Biden doing that? Because he's not because Trump's not running the country. That's right. the whole reason we want him to win in 2024. It's like, dude, these people, there's like a whole market of just telling people what they want to hear. You know, I should start to do it. I'll be like, Chris Christie, you you look very thin. You know, Trump, you, you're looking very orange today. Uh, you think so? Yeah, dude, you look great. Uh you know, Ron DeSantis, you're tall, dude. You're so tall. You know, I should just get in the habit of just telling everyone what they want to hear. It's there's a whole thing. But yeah, how can he be the shadow president and you're like pumped about it? But the next day you're complaining about what the Democrats are doing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that blows my mind the most is how they weave narratives that 
even Trump himself didn't even say. Like I was at this event and this guy was certain and adamant to me that Trump intentionally lost the election because they were going to kill so many people with the potion, but they were but as a result because he lost, they pushed it out faster and less people died. And don't worry cuz he's in control. And by the way, Space Force has the super secret like watermark ballots. And I'm like, "Dog, what are you like? What universe are, did he even tell right. you that, or did you just draw these conclusions? I love what you said before. It's like everybody is everybody's living like a Nancy Drew super secret mystery, and they just like wear the red hat and go to the thing and you know and eat seed oils and drink Dasani and like yell <laughs> for America, and then just like drive home to their sad existence where they go on like some message board and think that that's the truth. Meanwhile, the real things where they could really have an impact, they're completely blinded to. They're not participating in their local races. They're not figuring out how to get healthier. They're not trying to pay attention to who would replace Rashida Tlaib. They're just like, yeah, firebrand, $17.76. Let's buy the new thing. Buy the lumpy pillow, even though it's uncomfortable. Let's pretend it's not. It's it's sad because I know people mean well. And like even now when I see like pictures of Trump rallies and stuff, like you could tell people are just like pumped off it because they feel like Mm -hmm. they're like beating up the deep state. But it's like, you know, say like Trump passes a bill and like it says what it says. What a tool to the deep state or the elites or the donors or whoever you want to blame today. Um, what a t- what a prize for you to be fine with it if one person does it, but you to not be fine with it if another person does it. And basically, that's what QAnon is. It's like the perfect psyop because it's like if the Patriot Act is passed, whether it's passed, and they did that during George Bush too, not with QAnon, but just like oh, it's a Republican thing. But if Obama would have done it, he's a terrorist spying on you. But oh, but George Bush cares about you because he's your guy. It's like, read what's in it and see what they do. And that's what it is. It is what it says it is. Operation Warp Speed is not a super secret plan to save you. It's Trump selling out to the pharmaceutical industry and giving them $18 billion of socialist scam money to then shove it down your throat. So then when they jam it down your throat and metaphorically punch you in the face, they did it with the money and power that Trump gave them and his uh, you know, pharmaceutical executives at HHS and FDA. It's not a super secret plan, but people only think that because Trump's in office. So it's like, you know, he's the perfect guy to just do all these things that people don't like because they'll then QAnon became a professional excuse making theory system where it's like, I could do this all day. It's like, yo, green ivy on my wall. Oh my gosh, the green ivy. Think deeper, Bobby. Don't read bills. <laughs> Bill, Bill Cosby. If you read bills, you're Bill Cosby. That's not good because they arrested him. That's Ivy. Ivy League. What's happening at Ivy League schools? Ivy League schools are protesting Palestine. Who's from Palestine? Think deeper, Bobby. You're not you're not smart enough when you just Gematria. tell the truth. You know, Gematria, you put it 333 Palestine Bella Hadid. Bella Hadid model. What do you think of model? Oh, you're thinking like a human model? Well, that's dumb, Bobby. You got to think about Ford Model S. What did Henry Ford talk about? We don't want to go there. What's there? It's a word with three different things. 333 multiplied by 2666. Bill Gates, the Antichrist, and Trump saved the world from a lockdown. And if you don't agree, you're in on it. Yeah. And people will say that and they'll be like, everybody's so ignorant. Wake up, patriot. (laughs) Wake up, stupid head. They're like, like, stop paying taxes. And I'm like, that's a good way to go to the clink, dude. But yeah, let's all stop. Let's all just stop together. As you're like recording it and putting it on TV, they're like, commit a felony. And everyone's like, yes, let's all do the same. Laura on Facebook says, you're quite the liberal. Yeah, when, when Republicans print trillions of dollars and cause inflation and give $18 billion 
billion dollars to big pharma to and then buy hundreds of millions of doshas all of that socialism laura so it's cool when your guy does socialism but when i say that socialism is bad i'm a liberal right not the guy who did prison reform and printed trillions of dollars and gave it to the pharmaceutical industry and says his democrats are so proud of his vaccine scam he's not the liberal right i'm the liberal for noticing it right are we having fun, Laura? Yeah, nothing matters anymore because I like characters on television and Fox and stuff. So now conservatism's liberalism and liberalism's conservatism. But those darn liberals live in upside down world, right? Not me. <laughs> Here comes Laura Ingram. Yeah. No, dude, it's 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 perfect because it's it's almost like the ultimate. It's like Trump is like in a lot of ways the ultimate psyop or at the very least they're allowing him to say things that are playing right into it. If you say that every election is rigged and you say it doesn't matter, you even go as far as when there's the runoff race in, in Georgia to say don't even go and vote and then we just lose. It's like, well, then that's a, such a great way to have nobody participate. And I would bet that a lot of people that go to that Trump rally in Miami are not going to vote at all or they don't believe that it even matters. So they're just there being in the social club, pretending like they're doing something, but then when it actually comes to take the only action that matters, they won't do it. And I understand that you can think that it's rigged, but if it was rigged, then how are there any Republicans? And I understand that there's a lot of bad ones, but then why haven't they just done everything? Right. It's like it it has to matter in some states and, and in some aspects. And it ha and you have to believe that you that there's a way to turn it around when I. So I just went to Alaska and I helped volunteer in these local elections there because I'm I'm actually trying to do something. And and they told me that all of the ballots in the county are hand counted now. All of them are paper ballots. They're all hand counted. There's no machines. And we were able to win there because people like myself and so many others went and knocked on doors and talked to people. Was that fake? Is every election fake? But I would wager that a person that would maybe go to one of those rallies and say, don't pay taxes, everything is fake, it doesn't all matter, they're not going to vote. And if it did matter, well, then it's definitely not going to matter now. And then the people that are going to take more and more of those rights and privileges away from you in the future, they're going to continue to get in there while all this stuff happens. And what's actually crazy is that had all the stuff that happened under Trump happened and Hillary Clinton was the president, isn't it interesting that it probably wouldn't even have gone as far as it did? Because we would have been like, nope. But because Trump was because Trump was the usher in of all of this stuff, it actually made it easier for, for more people to find it palatable. It's like the ultimate, ultimate psyop. And I don't think that it's this like grand scheme, a thousand leagues under the sea, you know, and being being pulled by all these masters. But I think that the collective of it is like they see the issue. They say this is actually a good thing. Let's push this thing right now. And it's happening yeah. and unfolding in real time as people proclaim like they're so awake to things, but they can't see what's one inch in front of their face. Yet they proclaim that they can see what's 10 thousand feet you know below it's been a while but i used to like for a while i was calling trump the baby binky like the trumpy binky because it's like you put a binky in and then they feel good or like the linus blanket like he he makes people feel good so then they don't have to think about stuff they just have to support him uh, with the rigged election too the the one thing that really annoys me because obviously there's some parts to it so it's like okay are you changing it no you're just inspiring millions of people not to vote how is that going to help you win an election cool and all these Republican pages, like to me, the more interesting thing is Trump won in 2016 and we still got a lockdown. We still got omnibus bills. He still got, you know, I guess overrun by whoever, you know, he still sold vaccines. Like, I think the real stolen election is the fact that everyone in Congress besides Thomas Massey sold out. Like, that's the real yeah. stolen election. It doesn't even matter 
who wins the election because certain things are never going to get done. How come none of these pages talk about that? Because they all profit off of the false paradigm. And the whole reason they're able to get these gigs and to get speak and to make all this money is because they play the game. And a lot of the big conservative sponsors now, it's basically just like a, a Trump loyalty test. Like, are you dumb? Yes. Are, is your IQ under like 15? Yes. Are you are you not smart enough to question anything we ever do? Yes. Will you just put on pom-poms? Yes. Okay, then you can get the money. But if you, if you don't cross that threshold, they won't give it to you. So it's like, you know, they're all just saying rigged election, rigged election, rigged election, while they're all in on it, because essentially they're not letting you know that the same way that the left works in many ways with donors and people that are behind certain things kind of calling the policy like with uh, Biden. The same thing happens on the Republican Party and everybody's favorite people are in on it. So it's like the real stolen election, in my opinion, is even when Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton, he still gave a speech saying that Hillary deserves a standing ovation. He still hired Christopher Ray. He still hired Mike Pompeo. He still didn't drain the swamp. He still said it was just a marketing tactic. You know what I'm saying? He still locked the country down. He still said Sweden should have done it. He still signed every omnibus bill. He still printed trillions of dollars. He still did an $18 billion socialist scam called Operation Warp Speed. He's still proud of it to this day. He's like, that's the, like your guy isn't even your guy. So when you go to vote for Trump or DeSantis, it doesn't even matter. If RFK somehow beats Biden, guess what? There's certain things that he'll never do also because he's exactly the same as Trump and DeSantis on those topics. So that doesn't even matter. So you're playing in an arena that doesn't matter, but none of these influencers will tell you that because they all capitalize off of the, oh my gosh, look at Ilhan Omar here. Buy some Trump uh, Christmas wrap for your Christmas things because I want to make money off you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's the whole dynamic to it. So to me, that's the more interesting topic. And as somebody that I don't even know if I'm inspired to vote for one of these Republicans, and clowns yeah the idea of saying your vote doesn't okay if if the vote doesn't matter do you think anyone's going to go to the ballot box and if, if biden wins by two percent and you're crying about it but you inspired five million people not to vote like as much as they cheat Voting does matter. We won Republicans in my area because people showed up. If people don't show up, Democrats are our attorney general and crime goes up. Like there is some yep. level of federal like even as much as Trump and DeSantis are annoying me. I understand the pros and the cons, what they will and won't do. And I can weigh it out and make a decision. But like this idea that don't even care about it because it's rigged, but we're not fixing it. But it's rigged. But we're going to win the election. That's rigged. But we didn't change it. But it's rigged, and it doesn't matter. But it matters. But you know, you it doesn't even matter. But you shouldn't like DeSantis more than Trump because it matters. But it doesn't matter. It's like what, who, like what message are they? Who, who like what are they even talking about? No, nothing they say makes sense anymore. Right. And 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 if you and here's the thing. Don't worry, Patriots, because we censured Shifty Shift. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, Patriots. We censured Rashida Tlaib. It's like, okay, Patriots, in the time in the in the time where they said, oh, uh, you know, here's a here's a here's another perfect example that I just came up with without even thinking about it until right now. Okay, <laughs> if if it's racist to say that you're gonna limit the uh limit the time that they can vote from from one from from three weeks or four weeks to two weeks, if that's racist, okay. Give them the four weeks then. Give them the four weeks, but do paper ballots. Give them the four weeks, but require the IDs. Oh, uh, people of color can't afford the IDs. Make the IDs free. It's a piece of plastic. You just sent $100 billion to, to Prezi Green Sweatshirt. Make the IDs free then. Have it so that you can get your ID at the polling place. Bring your bring your uh, your bill, your birth certificate, and, and create a solution that blows them right in the face. But instead, instead of creating a solution, 
we're going to censor Shifty Shift. He has a skinny <laughs> neck. Don't you, don't you, is he so stupid with his stupid neck? It's like, <laughs> you guys are so dumb. But that, but that again is the perfect example of what we're talking about, where they don't care about solving the problem. They only care about monetizing the outrage of the people that want the, the problem solved and giving them a fake non-solution that won't do anything. And then when it doesn't work, no one holds them accountable, especially no the people, especially the people that are consuming it. Well, it's one of those things too. And like, I haven't talked about it in a while because it was getting stale, but with like, I went on a pro Trump show. I mean, a lot of people did like me there. And I explained where I was like, listen, after the primary, if slash when Trump wins, you have to shift your focus on just milking your base dry and making a tangible argument that makes sense to other people. One of my biggest videos ever was telling people why Trump weren't that bad. And the reason it was successful is because I thought of a way to make it make sense to people who didn't understand. That was the whole point of it. It wasn't to benefit myself. It wasn't to just milk everybody dry on my page. It was like, I want to help the country and I want enough people to stop dividing and conquering over this fake Trump narrative. And here's a way that it makes sense to liberals. And I probably got millions of liberals to wake up from that video. It was one of the most effective videos because I thought that way. And all I'm saying to people that like them, I'm like, think that way after the primary. And they're like, no, we don't have to. We go to rallies and we like ourselves. And it's like, and everybody likes us. And if we lose, we got cheated. Everybody likes it. It's like, dude, I, I heard, I, I haven't been paying attention. I've been ignoring them. But I heard that Trump made a suggestion at some speech recently where like he said that he won all 50 states. And it's like, you know, <laughs> If I like, it's like if if the ref cheated and 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 I lost by one, but I really won the game by one, and I say, hey, I, I really won the game by one, but the ref made a bad call. It makes sense. If I say I actually won by eighty points and I won everything, now no one believes me. So Trump is basically, in my view, almost running a controlled demolition on the idea that we can ever even fix elections. Because now, if you can't admit, well, Pennsylvania counts too long. That seems rigged. What happened in Georgia is a little weird. That seems rigged. And all they need to do is get three swing states and they can rig the election. Now people are listening to. But if you just act like we won California, you didn't win California. I live in a Republican county in California and it's 50-50. I would say 80 to 90% of millennials from 20 to, if that even is millennials, I don't know, Gen Z, I, I could tell they're they're Democrats. You know what I'm saying? The youth is Democrats. The older people are Republicans. The daughter is a liberal. She doesn't like her parents. It, you see that everywhere. I'm seeing it all over the place. It's really turning blue. You know, the cities are really blue. Do you want like how are we ever going to change that if we're so delusional and we're saying we won all 50 states? And if who's going to believe the boy who cried wolf if we can't specify? Well, they suppress the Hunter Biden story. They take way too long to vote here. They took way too long to vote here. They shut down the votes because of a water leak. This doesn't make sense with the spike. This and that. If you if you could just say, oh, we won all of them, patriots. But it doesn't. It's like. Now, no one cares. Now, nothing means anything. And Mike Lindell is going to be screaming, my pillows are lumpy and I have a proof. In this napkin, I have the proof. Ah, it's a promo code. I thought it was the proof. Uh, you know, it's like that's the Republican <laughs> Party now. It's like a bonanza. It's like a pillow bonanza. I heard him. I heard Mike and like, I'm not I'm not mad at Mike Lindell, but I heard him the other day saying like, we need to promote everybody gets out and votes on Election Day. And it's like, nope. How about no? How about you don't have them vote on election day and then all these broken machines or lines that are a thousand miles long, you know, that's how they how they attack you. It's like maybe don't push that. Tell them to vote. Tell them to vote two weeks early. 
Tell them to go vote two weeks early and then go out and tell people to go and, and, and encourage other people to vote. Tell them to do literally anything but that. Because again, there's they have non-solutions and screaming about 2020 isn't going to change anything because when you had the ability to do something about it, like when he was in office, they didn't do anything about it. And, and one of the things, too, about voting on Election Day, like I try to vote in person just because I, I trust it more. You know, I don't I don't want my ballot to get lost or anything. But like what people don't understand in some states, they're counting the ballots second. So when you see these massive spikes and I'm not saying that nothing is rigged or anything, I'm just saying this is like like nobody even thinks anymore. It's like, OK, if 90 percent of you are voting in person and most Democrats are voting by mail way more and they're counting those second. 90% of those are going to be Democrats. And it, you know what I'm saying? So it's like if, if those spikes, I don't know, like counting them at 3 a.m. and water leaks and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like if you're counting mail-in ballots in cities, they're going to be 95% Democrat because Republicans don't vote by mail. So it's like, you know, if, if you do vote in person and they count the votes in person first, you need a significant lead the same way if they counted all the Republican counties first, you might be up 30%, but those Democrat areas, like, that will happen. You know what I'm saying? So that's always been my thing with everything. It's like, I want to be very accurate because if I can point out all the ways the elections are not fair, which I have since 2016, it actually means something. If you don't actually know how they count and you just cry victim about everything and you think you won all 50 states, you're insane. You didn't like, and that's a very common thing because the Republicans are kind of pushing this idea of like no self-accountability, which is wild because it's the opposite of what we pretend to believe, where it's like, we don't have, it's a great message. Like we don't have to change. We don't have to switch our message. We don't have to try to get the youth on our side. We don't have to win back California. We don't have to get a convincing argument. We don't have to strategize better. All you have to do is show up and buy Trump hats and Mike Lindell pillows, and we won all 50 states. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we got cheated. And, and, and we don't even, it's like, this this constant loop of no accountability where i'm like so you don't want to convince people at all we don't have to because 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 we're the better ones and if, if we lose we cheated so it's like it, it, does voting not count at all at all like you know, like you said like is, is there there's not a str strategy to, if we got like seven percent more in pennsylvania and won the election by like seven instead of counting it close you don't think we could win that i do i just think Honestly, I I do also think that people don't like, you know, Republicans that much also, you know? Yep. So it's like if we could, if we can, if they're doing ballots to the tune of thousands in a close election, what if we won it by five points? Like, you know, you don't, it's like a, it's like a sports game. You don't want to, you don't want to be tied at the end of the game and give it to the referees. You want to be winning by so much kind of like Trump did in 2016, where it doesn't matter. Like the ref can't fix a game if you're up 10 points and it, life is not fair. So if that's the way it is, that makes more sense than saying we won every state and wow, look, they're counting the ballots and we're losing. Well, yeah, because you don't vote by ballot. Right. And, and and if 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 elections don't matter, how did DeSantis win by so much? How did Stacey Abrams, who had all the celebrity backing, how did she lose to a Republican governor in in Georgia? How did how did that how did that dude? Um, I forget his name, but the guy that ran for governor of Texas, uh, Beta or Beto or whatever, how did he lose to Greg Abbott if elections don't matter? How did Glenn Youngkin win the governor's race in Virginia? How did John Fetterman just barely beat Dr. Oz? 
because Dr. Oz sucks because he was the wrong candidate. Because unfortunately, you had a good candidate and you didn't get him in there. So if every election is rigged, then how are these people winning? How are people like, you know, how are, how did they have the runoff in the Senate race in in uh, in Georgia and then ultimately end up end up losing by a narrow margin? If voting just doesn't matter, then that's the easiest way to just hand it to them. That to me is like the ultimate psyop that this one thing that is the only reason why we probably have it. They haven't completely taken over. You know, how are we still winning things then? So people I see even people in the chat. They're like, oh, that's hilarious. You think voting matters. That's a great way to get more Democrats in, guys. If it doesn't matter, then let's just pretend it does for a minute and go vote. And maybe maybe it will. And I think in some ways, like there's certain things that will never change by voting, but then it, it requires people to pay attention and realize that like whether Trump or Biden wins, this is not going to change. Yeah. So how do you fix that? If no matter who you vote for, this will not change because some things will change. Judges will be different. You know, Trump might do oil things better. Um, you know, like the different wars might happen. Maybe it's the same, but like there are going to be at least little things that change. But if these big things won't change, then how do you fix it? If the left hates Trump and the right loves Trump, it's never getting fixed because the conversation revolves around Trump. I love him. He'll fix it. No, he won't. I hate right. him. He'll, he won't. It, so, you know, it, but then people get upset at you and say, well, like, well, then who do I vote for? Like, people feel like they have to vote where it's like voting does something. Um, once that's done, just being a fan isn't going to change certain things. Like if Trump signs every omnibus bill, but you excuse it because you like him, that's why it's happening. The only way that that cycle is going to stop is if ever if enough people stand there and say, wait, you locked the country down. Wait, you printed trillions of dollars. Wait, but as long as there's an excuse for it, it's never going to change. And it's like the people at the top don't care who's in office because they get you to fight over those people. Like there's so many people that are like, you know, Biden's being run by Obama. Dude, Obama wasn't even running his own administration, let alone Biden's administration. Does he have some say? Sure, but Obama was a puppet too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, as long as there's a guy to kind of point the blame to, then nothing ever changes. So I, I feel like you can vote and you should vote if you believe in one of the candidates. And once you do vote, you know, then the election's over. You got to pay attention to what's going on. So I feel like what I'm saying, it, like it doesn't register with people. And if you tell that to the left, it goes out their ears. Like, no, I just like hate Republicans. And you're like, oh, okay. And then on the right, they're like, no, you don't understand. This guy's so different. It's like, he's really not though. But if you think he's so different, then literally nothing will change. And then you'll vote and then you'll blame the other guy or you'll blame, you know, like I said, the 2020 election was sketchy, but so was the fact that Donald Trump won, gave a standing ovation to Hillary Clinton, signed every omnibus bill and said Sweden should have locked down their government while he gave $18 billion of socialist taxpayer money, your money to the pharmaceutical industry. And when you give them money and power, they use it against you. I think the 2016 election was stolen because Donald Trump wasn't who he said he was and his base doesn't even realize it. So it's like there's levels to how much things matter. But the people that say that voting doesn't matter on the Trump side, are the same ones that don't pay attention when he wins and, and don't even do anything, you know, like they don't have any, but is that, am I asking too much from Americans like to, to realize that? Cause to me, that's the only thing that's going to change. And even like RFK that like people will say like, well, RFK is so different on a few topics. He absolutely is different, but I've seen enough where I'm convinced he's the same as Trump and DeSantis. He'll cave. He'll do the same foreign policy. He's yep. no, like, but then people get like upset cause they like want like a, a, a hero. And it's like, we're the heroes. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to figure this out. If we can't figure it out, we're just watching a show and like 
running back and forth between characters and and then you get like really upset because it's like it's not panning out where i to me it's not that hard of a concept but um it doesn't seem to be registering with most people like they get you know yeah if and no i i agree with that and it's like if if the people that spent the five hours at the trump rally instead spent five hours figuring out who their local politicians are or or holding the people that they like accountable and just not just waiting till 2024 so they could cast one vote for trump and then not pay attention the rest of the time if they were to spend that those hours on something productive instead of being at the social club you know and videoing you know kimberly guilfoyle talking on the podium you know, it would be a more productive society, but we, we get what we fight for. And we're in this, we're the, the thing, the reason why Joe Biden wins is because they talk about the policies that Joe Biden wants. They don't talk about Joe Biden's character nearly as much as people talk about Trump's character and how much they like him. They're like, he's the LGBT guy. He's the abortion rights guy. He's going right. to bring back sanity. It's about what he's going to do. It's not about him. Whereas on the right, we we fall into that emotional trap where it's about Trump. It's about the character and not about the policies, even though we're right. the ones that pretend that it is. Right. Like the Trump hero narrative, like when he goes, he's like, it's like he's constantly like, I'm getting arrested. I'm doing this. I'm mm -hmm. like and he's very and he talks about some other stuff, too. But it is like the Trump show. And then people on the right will be like, well, you know, they're not having rallies. It's like because like and it's. It's like, yeah, no, it is kind of weird that no one likes them, but they're, they're voting against you and they're voting for the policy. They're not yep. voting for Joe Biden. They're voting for abortion. They're voting for climate change. They're voting against you. They're voting for blue things they hear on Rachel Maddow. And you're voting for a character. It, it actually isn't good. You know, it's actually bad and it works to sell you things. But when it comes to like Trump is this character, they're, they're not necessarily looking at the issues. And I think that he, he does that kind of, especially now, um, I think 2016, he did make it about the issues. And I think his, like yeah. the wall was really popular and certain things like that. And even now that might carry over because people know, you just naturally know, like he'll fix the wall. Biden probably won't, no matter how much he pretends. But yeah, like Republicans will be like, well, they, how come they're not having rallies? It's like, because Joe Biden's not a rock star to them. He's just a douchey politician. Trump is also a douchey politician. But, you know, we've gone into this thing of like, I gave him a shot. I thought he, I, I bought into the hype a little bit, but then I was sobered by the results. I gave him a chance. I'm a pretty thoughtful guy. Give him four years. Even with Vivek, I say, listen, I gave him a tough interview, but let Vivek run something. I like all of Republicans are trashed. Give him something. He might be better. I'm not saying yeah. he has a chance. Give him a shot. I gave him a shot. Didn't pan out uh, like I thought it would. Um, but yeah, that the idolization and the rock start like they the, the right doesn't get it. Like, how could he get that many votes if no one likes him? Because they hate you. Your kids hate you. The schools hate you. I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's like how many like Republican parents are out there and like their kids are all liberal. And they're like, oh, they don't exist. We won all 50 states. What are you talking about? I live in a conservative county and 80 to 90 percent of the millennials I see are are, are liberal. Like they exist, they're real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got to acknowledge that this is happening to switch it back in the other direction. You can't just like put on blinders and wave your flag and be like, everyone agrees with us and nobody looks at them that way. Yeah, they're voting for his policies and they're voting against your policies, which actually probably in the long run can, can work versus making it all about a guy who's very annoying you know i i don't even like him anymore like he annoys the crap out of me what do you think an average person thinks of him like i used to love him and i can't stand the guy anymore trump what do you think a regular person that doesn't care about politics when they see him and hear him it's like
he's kind of like he brings all the attention in and then he always like does some like weird stuff like he'll just i, I don't know yeah no i agree i think that uh i think that that's definitely accurate dude it's uh, it's unfortunate but i think the 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 kind of final thought of it all is that is that if we if if the average person doesn't hold the people that they like accountable at the very least then we we get what we deserve it's like if you're not if you're not willing to call him out on the things that he's done wrong and you don't necessarily believe that what he's saying is going to add up this go around then we're just asking to lose and all these people that are there yelling and cheering and wearing the hat or whatever um you know they're going to be sorely disappointed and then they're going to have another four years of blaming it on everything but the fact that the messaging hasn't been good all along if if trump is so good why did we just get clock our clock cleaned four days ago if there's this overwhelming support and we're winning in all these polls and it's a landslide then how did we just get clowned right i didn't even see the results at this point i was like i, I couldn't even tell if we did did good or bad but we did I wanna ask, <laughs> yeah I, I think that the and this is not to blame him because before him it was like you know there was pros and cons but i think since trump won we've gotten clobbered in like almost every election and i think like the characters that are like the dr oz is and the cameron guy like people are like how did he lose but the other republicans won it's like because people don't like him like you know yeah. not every, not everyone hangs out at your rallies not everyone wants to lick trump's butthole like you want to do that but the number of people that want to do that's getting smaller and smaller and smaller so if you connect with the people of kentucky uh, and want to be an incumbent you can't just like copy paste dick ride trump but be less funny less cool less likable like generic like that guy just looked like a copy paste whatever it's not gonna work forever like you gotta figure out a new a new brand and this is my thing too and i, I want to ask you your opinion then we'll, we'll get off sorry if that was gross to people i apologize for that analogy that was it was gross but um you know whether trump wins or loses this next election my question is like when are people gonna move on because it's like say with reagan people really liked him and people talk about him a little bit but like it's you know they had to move on with george bush they moved on with trump it feels like republicans are stuck like in 20 years i could still see them be like we want don jr we need trump trump trump, trump. like they, they can't think straight anymore where i'm wondering whether he wins or loses like when are people gonna figure out that they gotta pay attention and go deeper because if he wins, I feel like Republicans will excuse everything he does and do the same thing they did for the first four years and, and pretend like he has a magic plan and ignore the pills and policies and just be hopeful because they like if, if he loses, they're going to say he got cheated and he's kids win next time or, you know, like, and it's like this game that never ends. And it's like eventually that like, I feel like it needs to go away. So people, they need to realize that no one's here to save us. Trump is the fake savior. He's the fake baby binky. He's the fake line of line, line of swanker that makes you feel comfortable. You need to feel uncomfortable. They're all sold out except for Thomas Massey, Trump, DeSantis, Biden. They all are. There are certain things that certain people do better. Sure. But like, as long as Republicans believe that someone's going to save them or their election is this or that, they're never going to figure out what's going on. And it's just going to get dragged across the line and America's going to get worse. So that's my question to you is like, do you think Republicans are ever going to snap out of this? Because like, I don't care if Trump wins, but if people could pay attention and actually hold him to the same standards they have for DeSantis or anybody, then it's totally fine. But it doesn't seem like they're able to do that. And, and now Republicans are like, useless and without even getting into like the the israel stuff it's like you know within three weeks they brought back the george w bush war in iraq rhetoric and like 
20 to 50% of people are back in that zone now, which is uh, driving a whole new brand of people away that were ready to come over. Like now, instead of making this next election about, uh, you know, the crime in the cities and the border and conservative values in the economy, now you're trying to like basically have an Israel contest to say who likes them more. And it's like, that's good for this group of people, but like as far in the donors and, and, and the conservative Zionists, but when it comes to like winning an election in the United States of America that has a thousand problems, and now you're making the number one issue about a foreign who, who likes a foreign country more, it's like I you know I don't know what the hell they're doing, but yeah, when are, do you think they're like people are ever going to snap out of it and realize like we don't have a savior, we need to pay attention and stop cheerleading this guy? Uh, well, I'll say that I hope I certainly hope so. I think that. It, it has to happen in order for anything good to happen. And I think that if he was to lose in 24 again, I would hope that that would wake them up. But I don't even know if that would. I think it would almost maybe have to get even worse than it is. But one thing that frustrates me, it's like you can dislike DeSantis. You can say that he's weird. He's got weird heels. His fa he makes weird faces. You know, you could say that he's unlikable. You don't want to have a beer with him, whatever you want to say. But even the people that are supposedly on our side that are smart enough to recognize all the good things that he's done, not completely withholding the bad. And they'll say things like, I will never vote for dissents. We will never have him. Well, who's the alternative? Who who is the who is the Republican leadership when there is in the in a post-Trump world? Because I would wager that he actually would be a pretty good person if we could have him fix the things. Okay, he wears different shoes. Okay, he becomes more likable. Okay, he opens up a little more, does a few more podcasts. Okay, he changes his marketing and branding. He hires different strategists. Okay, he could fix those things because he is really effective where it really actually matters. But everybody here is so quick to eat their own and try to destroy this guy forever where he actually would be a good steward of Republican values. He actually would be a good senator. He would be a good insert, insert whatever. But but because they're so wrapped up in in the Donnie brand, they're willing to just completely destroy him and anyone else that would potentially take that place instead of trying to elevate him and fix the places that he's that he's weak. And I don't think that the left does that. And I think that that's why they keep winning. So I think that my personal opinion, based on how I see it now, is like, I believe that if Trump gets the nomination, he loses. And I would hope that that would be the final nail in the coffin to saying this is not what they say it is. And hopefully that would wake them up, but I'm not convinced that even yeah. that would, I feel like they need to lose twice. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think they're, I think people are like permanently stuck there, honestly, like, yeah. yo, I want Don Jr. And then Baron, but with DeSantis too, it's like, Baron, people, yeah. I have seen like Vivek call out his, like, uh, you know, his Israel loyalty, whatever it is, like anti-Semitism laws. And it's like Trump passed the same things. Like all the things that DeSantis yeah. is saying, like we need to throw out the protesters and stuff. Trump already passed bills to do that. So it's like, it's, it is fascinating that people like they're just, they're against everything DeSantis does, even if they agree with it. But the things that they disagree with DeSantis, I don't even believe that they actually care about it because Trump does the same things and they act like it didn't happen. So it's one of those things where like as long as people are so enthralled in like a TMZ style, uh, you know, understanding of how politics works and they just pick characters, the longer it's going to stay the same. I want to read one comment. He said, dude, you're a conspiracy theorist, a fake conservative. You're so deep in the rabbit hole. It's funny because it's like if I say re Republicans um, 
they campaign like they're libertarians. We're going to lower the deficit. We're going to make government smaller. If they get in, if they raise the deficit, if they print more money than Obama, if they expand government, if they infringe on the Second Amendment, Trump did that, if they infringe on the First Amendment, and then they give $18 billion to the pharmaceutical industry in a socialist scheme. It's not conservative. It's not capitalist. It was all socialist. Operation Warp Speed has nothing to do with capitalism. It's not, not no part of it was capitalist. And I'm not talking about the mandates. I'm talking about the funding of it. If I say that, I'm a fake conservative, not the guy who's literally a fake conservative. So it's like people are, so, they think it's a conspiracy theory that Trump sold out to donors. They think it's a conspiracy theory that there's certain places that no politician will go. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's the reality of how it works. So to be honest, after the last couple of weeks, um, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to not vote, but in the primary, I really have no conviction to Trump or DeSantis at this point. I did a little more to DeSantis, but you know, I believe that DeSantis is a huge threat to liberty in America. If he, if he's going to be so gung ho about a foreign country to the point where he thinks everything is hate speech and he wants to pass more and more laws, felonies and stuff, I'm not convinced that DeSantis doesn't want to throw people in jail as much as Biden does, you know? So it's like at the end of the day, everybody's playing this sort of game. But in my view, it's not the right game, because if we're going to take a stand against our politicians, it's got to be an ethical one based on the principles, not his shoes or his face or his wife, or else we're just it's just a Kardashian show. So it's like, you know, people disagree with DeSantis, but it's not like they're thinking about it. They're like, oh, he did that to Disney. I don't like that. And it's like those same people would like it if Trump did it. You know what I'm saying? So like, did yeah. you really disagree with all those things DeSantis did? Like when Trump says that DeSantis did such a bad job in Florida and a Democrat could have done just as good. Like, that's not true in my opinion. Like of all the things I criticized DeSantis for, I do think that he actually governs effectively when he's not being sneaky and he and he's and he wields power properly. And I, I don't think a Democrat would have kept Florida open during the lockdowns at all. I mean, I, I pretty much know that that's not true. So like, what are you talking about? So it's like, you know, it, it's a little frustrating that they're they're throwing DeSantis out, but not even for ethical reasons like this is our standard and we're going to throw everybody out except for Thomas Massey until they act right. It's not that it's like we are mad because he doesn't like the character I like. So we're just going to just do everything we can to sabotage him, but have zero of the same convictions for our guy. So it's like, how is that going to help our party when, like you said, he's probably one of the brighter spots with a few hor horrible policies that it none that's never going to get corrected because the people that are going after him are almost exclusively just like whatever you know and then as soon as he's gone trump will do all those same things and then they'll make excuses for it it's so it's like a bizarre phenomenon it's kind of like when the left hates on donald trump and it's like there's 20 things that trump did that should be scrutinized yet the left doesn't scrutinize any of the right things and they just get mad at trump for what he did right like they're mad at what he did right, not wrong. So it creates this fake left and right battle where then both sides don't even make sense because they're fighting over gibberish. Like that's how the Trump DeSantis um, battle seems to me. It seems like both it seems like both sides are willing to they're just like professional fanboy, like yelling at people. And I I noticed that I feel like Trump supporters have zero conviction like if, if trump came out and said israel's amazing let's give them a bunch of weapons people would be like yay and if, if trump was like israel's that we let's not do it they'd be like yay so in a way that's like better and worse that they have no conviction where like the desantis people they're they seem like nikki haley's like they're they're freaking out like I, some people that i followed and respected like they i see no difference between them and nikki haley and their foreign policy and now they're getting mad at me and, and it's like fascinating where i'm like i don't belong anywhere <laughs> everyone you know yeah. like
I, and it's like, I want to correct these people, but I don't, I'm not being pessimistic, but I, I do think it's going to take some big L's for people to snap out of it because it's like, how, like, like you said, if Trump wins the nominee or DeSantis wins the nominee or whatever, and like millions of people don't vote just because it's them, it has not like they're policy wise. They're not that different. I think DeSantis wields power better, but Trump would still be better than Biden. But also Trump is like a little goofy and better in some ways. Like it's not that different. Like you're going to not vote because you don't like him. I don't know. Like no one makes sense to me. That's why luckily I have my own show. Yeah. Um, unfortunately I got to bounce, but the last thing I'll say is I, I definitely agree with that. And I, to me, if the base doesn't whip itself into shape and start realizing that you can't not vote for like I've heard, seen people say if DeSantis gets a nomination, they won't vote for him. They'll write in Trump, which is like a great way to guarantee a loss. So I think that the the base itself needs to really take a closer look at itself and what will, it's willing to tolerate and not enforce. Because if if we won't hold them accountable, Trump, Vivek, whoever, um, then we're just going to keep taking else forever. But dude, great. Thanks for having me on, bro. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. Appreciate you, my man. I'll see you. And uh, yeah, I'll just wrap it up real quick. Thanks. For All being right. Up. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Appreciate y'all. And uh, thanks, Bobby, for coming on to let you guys know in the comments, like my jaw felt a little weird the other day. It still feels kind of weird, but it's fine. I, I don't know what happened. It's just like a little sore or something, but clearly I'm OK. Um, we'll see what happens. All this like I'm I guess I'll wrap it up this way. I like people standing firm against politicians, whether it's Biden or Trump or DeSantis. Like I'm all for having a hard line and being like, listen, you work for me, bucko. Clean your room, Jordan Peterson. No, uh, you know, here's what I want. I don't want you to do this. I think that that's fine. It just feels like in the Republican Party that it's it seems like aimless. Like, you know, everything's like I like DeSantis, so I'm just going to yell at Trump supporters. Trump supporters don't like DeSantis supporters. And they're like, the level of conversations that they're having seem very like uh, childish. Like I've just, it's very petty, very high school. Um, so I'm like wondering after the primary, I don't, I don't see it getting necessarily better. Like, I don't know what it is, to be honest. I'm not that old, but I feel like a wise sage compared to these people. Cause it, it reminds me of like kindergarten and high school. And it's just like, you have your lunch table and you have your lunch table and it's like your mean girls and you don't even care. Like I like people who stand up to Trump and DeSantis. It just feels like the people who are doing it on a prestigious level are, are not doing it for the right reasons or even really making sense. It's just like a, you shouldn't challenge him. Why? Why should Trump not be challenged? That's bad. Why is it bad? He's challenged. He's saying some weird stuff. It's good to get challenged, right? Especially if you're not right. Well, no, that loyalty, look, doesn't he owe loyalty to America? What if no Amer what if no Republican politician has loyalty to America and their loyalty is to their donors and to special interests? Like, do they owe us loyalty or do we just owe our blind loyalty to a political party and a politician who took hundreds of millions of dollars of donor money? It's like I the whole narrative in the in the Republican sphere doesn't seem to make sense to me. So I think with the whole Trump and DeSantis thing, it's it, after the primary, I don't see it getting better. Um I don't know what it's going to take for people to figure stuff out, but I, I can only do so much. And, uh, at this point, seeing how Trump and DeSantis acted, I think federal judges matter and local judges, but I don't know how much I really care anymore. And I'm not like a pessimistic, like let it all burn, but it's like, these people aren't really going to fix that much. I, I don't know. I don't see, 
I don't see the real problems of America being addressed. I see everybody fighting over things that don't matter. So what's it going to take? I don't know. Let me know your, your thoughts in the comment section. But my solution politically, as I've always said, is I think that people need to figure out what's going on and just kind of make uh, a stand. But that that it can't happen if everybody's just like fighting over really petty things like the the boots yeah i get it like he's small and he wants to look taller like ha 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 but but then also like why is that you'll see conservative media outlets they'll make fun of desantis's boots ten thousand times short but they'll never question trump on anything that's actual policy that's worse so it's like we have room for jokes and little personal things but if you can't actually like if you're just gonna fanboy over a politician who does all the same stuff then what what does that matter you know that and i'm if you could tell my energy is kind of calm i'm not outraged i'm not upset i'm not angry i'm not getting mad all the time i'm not fighting with people you know i don't want to fight over israel palestine all day on twitter that's a miserable existence i don't want to fight over trump and DeSantis. like you you know everybody could play in the little sand bucket and at the end of the day like our country is uh needs to turn around so i'm i'm kind of focused on that like what can make our country better what will actually fix the problems and some things it only only time will heal it so you know i have noticed to wrap it up on a positive note among all the crazy and weird trends it does seem like every year more and more people figure certain things out and the truth becomes more obvious because if it's true, it doesn't matter who says it, it will happen. If you think your city's great and it's falling apart, it's, you'll figure it out eventually. So, um, you know, I don't know what it's going to take, but I appreciate you guys for being here. God bless you. Thank you, Bobby, for being there. Check him out. Bobby sauce. You could search his stuff and, um, dreamrare.com if you want a beanie a blue beanie or a god is great sweatshirt they're really nice sweatshirts good price so check it out at dreamrare.com thank you everybody that's supporting um i'll be back soon and thanks for hanging out yeah my issue is like just to let you guys know because i know i made like a scene and i was like i'm too tired i can't talk the other day my mouth just felt weird i don't know what it is i think i sleep on my arm i was talking to a holistic doctor uh and i don't know i think i just hurt my jaw a little bit because i sleep with my arm there and just like push it against my jaw so it's not like a huge deal people were saying some crazy stuff in the comments making me feel like scared but uh yeah i think it's pretty minor it's just it's hard to talk for two hours if your jaw hurts a little bit but appreciate you guys have a beautiful day i'll be back soon hey what's going on my friends just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to the first way is dreamrare.com we have blue beanies black beanies pink hats other colored hats freedom versus tyranny shirts stay blessed long sleeve god is great long sleeve and lots of more cool items coming soon dreamrare.com check out the shop to support everything's made in the united states handpicked by me patreon.com slash rare talk for five dollars a month you can help support me support the show if you haven't noticed unlike other channels i don't work with very many sponsors sometimes none at all and part of the way i'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk so thank you guys for keeping this show free unimpeded uninterrupted i'm forever grateful my free email list is stayintouchwithme.com, so check the links below in the description.